Yeah. Hartman just go. Well, he does that a lot. Welcome, 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 everybody. We are super prepared, as you can tell. Welcome to Saturday Night Special. We've got Mr. Ear Infection himself showing up. But you know what? This should help me a lot. So stick around. I'm going to get this show rolling. We've got... Some funny stories. We've got a guest. We've got our uh, worst and best killers, movie wars, cartoon wars. But let's get this show on the road. Oh, shit. Oh, oh 32 seconds. Oh, you're past it. You're good. How do I turn the lights on in this place? Went back to the original intro. The HR. The HR is in the house, so. The HR Deputy Marco Schick, I think, has run its course. So. You guys are all going to get your handbook soon, believe me. Um, <laughs> oh, so how is everybody tonight? Good. Doing good. Question is, how are you, Kyle? How are you holding up? Kyle, oh, dude, my Kyle let us all know he's, he's fighting an ear infection. Dude, there's nothing worse than that like throbbing pain in your face. I can't hear out of my left ear. My it hurts to eat. It hurts everything. Just hey, uh, chain. Ear hurts. What's what's the thing that you do? What's the thing? The the thing. Oh, the vape. The, the thi Yeah, probably not yeah. helping you out at all, bro. Just to let you know. I mean, definitely not. Any little thing I need helps. Hey, when hey when I used to be when I used to smoke grits, like people used to always say that all the time. Oh. Yeah, you got bronchitis. Probably not helping you out there, bro. Like, yeah, thanks, thanks, Captain Obvious. Appreciate that one. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Welcome, Ed. Hey, those are iconic curtains back there, sir. <laughs> Who, who's iconic. making fun of your curtains? They're legendary. They are. They're iconic. They're legendary. They're the shit. They're, they're classics from chapels. Who was the one person? Remember that? God, years ago uh, when we used to do that other show, it was like our third show, and somebody came in and said, "Like, tried dogging the curtains right off the bat." I can't remember who that was. Was it our? First, it was, must have been one of the people we were interviewing. They're like, they thought it was green screen. I was like, it's not, you can't get that shit in green screen, bro. Like that just don't work. Uh, hey, Ed, what's up? It's 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 part of the staple of the Kyle. It is. It's nice. I like it. It's uh. It's definitely something, dude. It's uh, it's a color. When you made your first it, comic book appearance, didn't they have the curtain behind you? It's gonna be it right there. Oh yeah, aren't you? In a, you were in a comic, weren't you? It never got <laughs> like it just dissolved. It never got to that issue. <coughs> oh really? They, they did the sketches. And it yeah, I remember the sketches. Yeah, no, he never sent the sketches. Nothing, but yeah, he sent us like the preliminary sketches of it. And yeah, it's, like, I remember that. It dissolves. Never, I was so bummed. Strongest oh, he never, person. he never made it to print. Uh, he uh, never made it to print. Who's the strongest Avenger? I am. Oh. Thor is the strongest. Ah, uh, okay. okay. No, I think it's Hulk. No, um, his name is crossed out. You can see that right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're right. According to the the password in uh. Ragnarok, it's not Hulk. 
So, Who, uh, um, how do you? Can I ask you a question? Always, please. Okay. Um, if you go into a comic book store, they call themselves a comic book store, and all they have is like five exclusives. No weekly comics. They've maybe got ten total comic books, and and maybe five of them still are there from from Wednesday, and then their back stock is like maybe 15 long boxes and they're in like a huge, I'm talking like, like 2000 square foot building. Wow. Would you consider that That's a comic it. book shop? It sounds like one of those pop-ups. Oh, it isn't though. It's like a booth. It's like a booth at a comic con. Yeah. That's about <laughs> the way comics is there. Like I think I bring more, if I do a one table booth, I think I bring as many comics to a one table booth as they, they have in the whole store. Like at that point, don't you just call yourself like a, I don't know, like a card store or like a, like a pot, what, like whatever other junk they're selling there. Pop up shop. Well, it's not a pop up shop because they've been there. It was funny sticks. I caught it. Pop up shop. <laughs> pops. So is there other stuff in the store besides comics? Oh yeah, just- yeah, there's all types of shit. They sell. You could get food in there. You can get. Uh, you can play video games. You can play air hockey. They've got like seven thousand dollar statues. Uh, you know they've got um, they've got some cards and shit. Sounds like uh, a place to hang out. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. It yeah. sounds like the ki- it sounds like the kids' room in the movie toy. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. No video games in one corner. You get the Wonder Wheel going down around the corner. If it, if it had a bunk bed, I would think it was more of the. Well, this is the only problem that I find like like fascinating about the place is like so they've got like you you know these statues that cost you know which ones I'm talking about the ones that cost like five hundred not like side what yeah. whatever it is it's the, the life size ones yeah they're fucking enormous they're like a couple thousand yeah. dollars all the way to like six hundred dollars starting off they must yeah. have like twenty of these things around this place and then they got a bunch of signs that say do not touch like little little dicky things that just say do not why? Oh, yeah. Why not put it in display case? Why not even like? Why do you have it out of the fucking box? Like that seems like a custom type scenario, right? Right. There used to be a restaurant here that had all these. Uh... Hold on. Go ahead, Hardman. How many weeks has it been that you've been on the show? How can you still not figure out streaming art, bro? You're this muted. Unmute. Unmute. Joe, can you hear us? Hey. Gabe. Yeah, I would say the same thing. That's not the case, Ed. It's not the. It's not a case. Maybe I'll do a. I actually, there's some insight <laughs> I have. <laughs> there, there was there's, a place there's, there's in Arizona where they had. It was like a restaurant, mm-hmm. but it was like um, they had life size statues of, you know, comic book characters and stuff like that, and uh, it was all these statues from like Mexico where they don't get in trouble for. You know, like likeness rights, and they yeah, 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 them all yeah. over. And yeah, I don't know whatever happened, Sam. Do you know what happened to that store? That uh, bootleg didn't store? last. It didn't last. It was up in Desert Ridge. It didn't <laughs> last. Dude, I love bootleg stores. They don't have them out here anymore. There's a big raid. There's a place that they used to. Um... Yeah, I know, right, Joe? So, uh, so there used to be this place called what the hell is Gibraltar Trade Center, and it is Downriver and Taylor, and uh, well, there's one on the east side too. But it is all of what you think, like whatever the stereotypical inside Midwestern uh, flea market would be. 
like the heat doesn't always work. There's a bunch of like, like bootleg, bootleg everything. Like almost 90% of the stalls are bootleg, filled with bootleg shit. Uh, VHSs, DVDs, swords, uh, creams, whatever, beauty products. Yeah, like a swap meet. Yeah, West Coast. Like, like yeah, like on the West market. Coast, a swap meet. Yeah, flea market over here, swap meet on the West Coast for you. So it's like exactly like that, but it's in a fucking building. And uh, the year we had Stanley at one of the things, they had gone in um, and the ATF came in. And like, <laughs> I mean, just garbage. Like, it was, it was like cockroaches. <laughs> running everywhere shit's going crazy they're just go- they're just had dude they, they they dude it was the craziest shit because you would like watch what was going on <laughs> everybody knows yeah story story dude i used to love the place though because you always go there i mean it was cool because like that was it like you go and you'd be like oh let's go look at some bootleg and like try because like they, these people god bless them i mean they spend a lot of like time but like there'd be junk stuff like you could go get video gaming controllers down there and shit because all they would do is like somebody would come in and they had done a buyout or something and they would just throw it i mean it's technically supposed to be a booth but let's be real they just throw it on the ground right and then you're like okay fuck it i'm gonna dig through a pile of shit like who gives a shit like you got some time i mean it sucks in the winter time because it's cold and like the heat wasn't on stuff, but the day the day that the ATF came, or was it the ATF? Yeah, it had to have been. Um, oh my god, dude! Like I, the people, those people never move, never move fast at all. And I get it because it's cold and it's, you're hauling stuff in. But holy shit, were they scrambling? And then like it looked like a fucking, uh, it looked like a, it looked like trash day because all the they they didn't have enough of the containers to confiscate stuff because there was so much shit that they ended up just starting. Hartman, how many of these Hartman things are you you doing, bud? It's okay. So they just start doing like big black trash bags, throwing everything into huge ass trash bags, just going through it. And they were trying to write people fines and stuff. And pe- you know, like they're trying to stop people. And they're like, I don't have IDs. All of a sudden, people stop speaking English. Like <laughs> shit was getting wild, dude. Wild. They confiscate like bootleg Legos. I remember because bootleg Legos were huge at the time. Like, were, all the minifigures, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was crazy. It, oh man, dude, it was crazy. It was crazy. They put this one dude. There was this dude that used to be like the king of bootleg DVDs. He went to jail. That's I remember. Uh, Mexico's not you know far from Phoenix. It's just a few hour drive. So we here. And I would go with my you know with my mom and stuff. We'd go there for the day to buy stuff. And I remember I was like, I can you hear me? Oh Jesus yeah, Christ! I can hear you. What the? That's probably like twelve years old, and I was so proud down. because I bought a Folex. Oh, nice! Yes, yes, <laughs> it was awesome. I was so proud because it had like you know fake diamonds in it. And you could turn. Oh it yeah, on. you know it was like it said like Folex on it. I was so stoked. Yeah, that was the other. Yeah, lots of fake jewelry, dude. Those I, that sucks. That place is closed now. It wasn't because of that. They eventually closed down because. Well, I mean, I, eventually it closed down because after you bust all the people that are selling bootleg stuff, like you know, can you hear me now. Oh my god, yes, we can hear you now. Is that loud? No, you're good. I used to go. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's loud. Shit, it's loud. Go is ahead. it? Jesus. Go ahead, yep. Kyle. I used to go to the swap meet here. That's where I would get my uh, band T-shirts, and I would get my uh, like my Pearl Jam and Red Hot Chili Pepper bootleg tapes. Yeah, the tapes. 
because they were cheap. They were only a few bucks, and I didn't, you know, I mean, I couldn't afford to go to the to the record shop, you were know. They, were they taped off Mexican radio? So you had to get the Mexican commercials in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Dude, remember that? Oh, yeah. Did you ever? Okay. You guys, yeah, you guys tape. Did you guys ever tape right off the radio? Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! Every Sunday, X one hundred and three. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And then you'd bootleg it because then somebody would have okay. the double one. They'd have the double one, and then you could tape and you could sell them for like three bucks. You could sell the like pretty much the rate. You're selling the radio station, right? You're selling their top ten thing. So it, here's a good one for you, Mark. When 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 like uh, uh what's that pirate fucking? We're used to pirate bay. Pirate bay. I remember the new uh, Deftone song at the time was called uh, Minerva, and I okay. downloaded it and like I got it and I started listening to it. It's still in my like in my iPhone today, and it goes, "It's a new song by Nerv- uh, Deftone <laughs> on K Rock. It's Minerva, and it's still <laughs> the version that I listen to today. It's in oh my, my iPhone God. right now. It's either I'm- impressive or lazy." Tyson, um, Matt is out. He is celebrating his daughter's first birthday. It's like, I don't know, I guess it's like a three-day extravaganza or something. So, well, she turned turned one about a month and a half ago. He's still celebrating. (laughs) Well, when you have devil spawns, I mean, what do you do for a devil spawn? He's not doing SNS tonight. (laughs) So, Marco, I had one for you when when you're talking about uh, dubbing TV. Yeah. So when we would go on uh, long vacations back in the day, yeah. I had a three-volume cassette tape. Now I didn't have the radio uh, version. I had I had taped Star Wars from the TV onto an audio. Cassette. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one small step for man. So as we were drive, drive, driving along, I would listen to it on my Walkman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I got one day, so I could sell these bootleg tapes, was. They used to make a TV, and it had it's a it was like a TV that was only like this big. It was like oh, yep, green yep. and white, black and white, and they would mm-hmm. have um, and it'd have a the the dual recorder on it, right? So mm-hmm. same thing. So that's exact. Yeah. So I would plug it in, and we only get four channels. But U uh, UGN was one of them, uh, or WGN, the Chicago affiliate, the Superstation, right? So they had all types. Of, so like that's why I would. It was the only yeah. Christmas gift I got that year, and I would bootleg the shit out of that stuff, and then sell those sell those cassettes so people they people would listen they would seriously listen to tv shows that you bootleg from a tv like that's what they listen to you could sell them for a couple bucks a piece which was nice i remember when i worked construction i had this uh it wasn't a tape player but it was like a radio but it would pick up it also would get tv stations we should see if we can get pictures of this stuff so we can show i would listen to I remember I would listen to cops on it, and and most of it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you could hear was like the cameraman running and breathing. Keep breathing. Like noon. Well, Sticks would probably know this because Sticks was probably driving at the time. But in the nineties, uh, <laughs> early two thousands, right? Yep. Um, you know, you either listen to that crazy dude drop the bike down the hole and say it's a demon spawn, or aliens were probing him, or whatever. Or the other channel that was on all the time was they would in the Midwest they would literally play the syndicated shows. There's two channels that would play syndicated television on the radio. So like cops, mm-hmm. like you would get everything, including like everything except for the commercials. It was their own commercials, but pretty much you'd get the TV. So you 
know what was on TV, right? Sticks, you've heard this before. I don't know. I don't think they do it anymore. There's no way they do that shit anymore. You know, I still have one of those radios that yeah, you can get the TV on them, but I have never used it in the like the last. Oh no, years. I'm saying like, yeah, I'm saying like your but, stereo on your truck or your car. It would be like. Yeah, I remember like. I remember like Art Bell. Are you talking like Art Bell? And no, but yeah, even around Art Bell. So wherever Art Bell's channel was locally for us in the Midwest, there were the two AM channels. Probably. Yeah, there are two channels by it. So I think he was like, let's say he was eight ninety or whatever, right? Nine ten right. and nine thirty were literally somebody was broadcasting channel two from the television, and somebody else <laughs> was broadcasting like channel six. So like, okay. let's say it'd be like, okay, uh, let's say it's seven o'clock, it'd be like. This is the Channel 2 News. As you can see, we're at a traffic accident. Uh, Tanya, what does it look like out there at the car? She's like, look at this car crash over here. They're stealing from a Hardee's over here. And you're like, you can't see anything. But it's like, it's the broad, it's the television broadcast that they were showing. So like when Nobody's our bell would get boring, sometimes you turn over. What? Nobody steals from Hardee's. Yeah. yeah. They got all the meat. They you got on the Hardee's. The Hardee's staff is going to steal from you. Oh, dude! No, if you've never seen, if you've never seen them Hardy Boys before, which is actually they they use they 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 use an actual newsreel from a Hardee's that somebody tried to rob in Michigan, and then the employees went out there and like the track the track the person down. But they took that and they do like a little. There's a thing. There's a there's a guy who does some comedy on it. And if you've never seen oh, them yeah. Hardy Boys before, make sure you watch that. It's pretty funny. Give it a I was I'll check that one out. You guys ever watch it? But like. uh I watched uh, On Patrol Live. It's on Reels. It's it's like, well, it's live PD, but they moved to another channel. Okay. And last night, this dude got pissed about his Papa John's order, so he threw the fucking pizza at him and he pulled a gun on him, and then ran out and left. And then so the cops came and the dude's like, the guy that works there's like, he ordered it on Uber Eats, so we have his name and address and everything. Like, <laughs> oh, how dumb are you, dude? Me like what state was this in? Yeah, he had it brought back, and it's like dumbass. I just I love it. It had to be Florida, right? It's Michigan. (laughs) Florida man goes on. No, no, no. It was South Carolina. That that's why. That's why. Like I was always like, when's cops going to come to Detroit? You ever know? So it was never. You're like, oh, there's no cops left in Detroit. There is. But you know, you'd always see it, and later on, I found out. Oh well, they take it to like where they're going to find the craziest human beings. I don't Sir, care to sign the waiver that they're on there. So. Patrols with sticks. With sticks? What's that? It's one of the dudes. It's one of the cops uh, on there. His name's Sticks. Yeah, sure. Um, they got two cops and a, a host, and then it's live. So they just they just switch between all these different. Uh, how the hell did we go from what do you think if this is a comic book shop or not to? Um, I'm patrol. I'm patrol. <laughs> like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Dude, Re- rewind the tape. Let's start over. You know what we should do? We should, we should, we should actually have people. We should, we should actually have people take pictures of like their local areas and ask us if we think it's a swap meet or a comic book store. That could work. That would be funny. <laughs> like, what yeah, is right. this? Is it, are you laundering money here? Are you, we got, so like we got a local place that's supposed to be an ice cream shop. Now, mind you, I live off a lake a private lake that's got a beach, a public beach in the area. There's a shop across the way. Only building there. Hookah in the back that's never been open. Front is supposed to be an is supposed to be a ice cream shop. It sells ice cream one day a year there. 
Did you still go to the Ace Hardware that sells comics? Oh, uh, I should go back there. It's still there. No, so I found another place too. I didn't take a picture. I need to go in there, but I'm scared because there's no windows. So like, um... <laughs> no, that's a massage parlor. Yeah, no, there's this, there's this like gray building. It's by this expressway. There's this gray building. By it, there's like uh, alleys, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to like, you know, my kids are getting older and stuff too. And my wife's like, you can't be taking so many risks, like going into unmarked buildings and going some of these like back of trucks to buy comics. Like you gotta be a little bit more careful about what you're doing. Um, so, but yeah, so it's like a gray, oh, I should take a picture. It's, it's a gray building, no windows. And all it says, it's got a banner that says, we now sell comics. That's it. Just, just for the fact, am I going to come out of this place? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you guys know I used to do that. Like the Ace Hardware. That's a famous story. Like I was like, Oh, wait a minute. You're ever, of course I'm hunting in the back of the truck, all that type of stuff. Like I don't typically mind that, but I was like, yeah, I think this one, this one might be pushing my luck. Like that seems like, Hey kids candy. And it's a van with no windows on it. Like this seems like something that's not going to go well. We we used to have a comic shop that was like kitty corner from the the strip club. So, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. had some good clientele like over there. Boobies, it's like a win win. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not that out of hand. I Dude, you places that... open up a comic book topless bar. And comic you walk shop in, and you can get a lap dance. You can then buy some comics, and then you can go about well, your day. See, this is I'm a big <laughs> proponent of if you're going to sell comics, uh, no food. And no uh, transmitted diseases. Like the, those are two things I'm kind of against. Bodily fluids shouldn't be anywhere near comics. Neither should neither should uh, food products. So like if you if you go if you're selling food products or you have any type of bodily fluids uh, being transmitted, uh, at that point I'm not buying comics. I'm just yeah. not. I'm not. Yeah. I always wanted to open. This is for real. I, I talked to my wife about it. I always wanted to open up a comic book bar. So like half of the rest, oh. half of it was a bar where, you, where they had like, so all the waitresses, women waitresses, because I'm not going to hire any men wait, it, uh, bartenders. Uh, and they all, you know, they have to wear superhero related short shirts and stuff. <laughs> the, uh, the screens on, will not play fucking sports. It'll only be playing the Avengers pop culture related shit. <laughs> six months you're out of business. I give that maybe six months before and you're then like the other out half of, of the shot. It's still a bar. Go back, go back to the topless. Just have them walk around selling the comics. I got the topless. The topless has got yeah more of an odds of selling. Yeah. Like you know what, Kyle? Here's the name for it. You call it Kyle Yodi Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could you could buy a couple comics. You could walk into the bar, read your comics, do a few shots. Hang out. Oh, they actually send it back uh, as un- I've gotten this before. This is why I pre-screen a lot of comics. Unidentified uh, foreign substance. substance on the cover. Yeah. I, do you think about that? I said I, I fucking sent in some books and it came back. Zantana. Co- Speaking of that, we have a guest today. Uh, Zantana cover. Uh, a- well, the AH, because I used to always buy those. Like I'd buy the whole set of them out. Sent one in. I got out of a collection and it came back. Uh, Unidentified substance on the cover. Maybe it was alien, which is kind of bullshit because we press and 
our book even back then we were so we knew that there wasn't so now i'm thinking like did cgc did one of the guys at cgc go hey lunch break uh <clears throat> i'm gonna take this one with me and grade it you know what i mean oh. ketchup or mustard stain on the cover <laughs> yeah. yeah it wasn't ketchup or mustard i think it was a mayonnaise stain probably because we like then put it on there because afterwards we like because because where we do our pressing we have lights there so we so it goes through a process like it always had we've done it like Sean's anal is shit. He's like, he put the black light on it. Yeah, Ooh. he's got, he's like got the a whole cell room on this cover. So afterwards, so afterwards, there's like three, there's three marks on oh, on the know. somebody. Good job. I mean, maybe they did. Like maybe they wiped it off. Cover. So I guess the question is, did you set it in February when it was February? Five dollar foot longs at Subway. I don't. I this was probably, by the way, <laughs> we're talking about six, seven years ago too, mind you. So like. Yeah, I don't know if they had February or whatever there, but yeah. Uh, okay, I found a straight Adventure 205 first Dead Man in a stack of old magazines. So I asked how much the whole stack Good find. Nice. I love that book, too. Ah, nice. Good Still job. It reminds me of, like, you know, like how I met Brian McClay. Was there a dude, and I've told this story before, but there was a dude, he, it was at a coin and card show. So he would oh, have one yeah. table that would have like coins on it, <laughs> yeah. and then the rest of it would be nothing but comics. And he he wouldn't go through it; they were just he would buy a collection and then he would bring it. And then so like we were the first people to be able to get to go through it. So like, and I remember it caught on, and there wasn't a lot of people, but it was enough that like it was kind of a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where like we'd help him bring all his comics in, and everybody would like stand in front of a, a box. Right, yeah, yeah. So that, no, like you claim the box that you're gonna like. Oh my god, the worst. Yeah. Right, but it was awesome because then you would go off of like an old Overstreet and then cut the price in half. Nice. That's like sweet. that's how I found like my third print Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Oh and nice. It, and it sucked because it was an awesome run in Ninja Turtles, and I didn't have enough money to buy them all, so I could only buy up to a point. And this other motherfucker walked in and bought the rest, and I was pissed. <laughs> but that's how I got, like, you know, like, I got, like, a lot of the, I got, like, a third print, number one, a fifth print, number one, two, three, four, you know what I mean? It was awesome, but, like, that's where I got, like, a lot of my keys, because I'd pull out these keys, and then they'd be, he'd be like, and I remember I'd, I'd have all these books, and I'd, I'd wince, like, and he'd be like, you know, like, First black cat and stuff, and I'd wince because I'm like, God, I don't have much money. He'd be like, $27. And I'd be like, Are you sure? Fuck yeah. Yep. Thank you very much. So, last one, but like <clears throat> at another flea market, there's, I don't know if he's still there. I refuse to go there anymore. But this guy was a chiropractor, chiropractor masseuse, and he sold comic books. And he, he did the same thing. The problem was, you had to wait because if he had somebody walk, he, what he'd do is he'd only bring like five or six long boxes at the time. And he had, so think about the, oh man. So think about swap meet inside a building, right? And then think about if somebody had like set themselves up, what a booth would look like, right? Like a comic con, I guess, or whatever, but they're like very kind of, and then he, there's a massage slash chiropractic table, like in the middle of it. Right. And then, so he would pull some books up and he'd have some comics against the wall or whatever. So he'd pull it up and he'd pull one box at a time. You're allowed to go through one box at a time. The problem was if one of his 
clients came by. Like yeah, because he, he had to give him a happy ending before he'd take care of. Oh, he, he now he take the comic books out, even the ones you're looking at, and put them down, and say, "Come back in like you know thirty four." Cool if you know how a lot of the massage tables have like a pull the curtain across. Yeah, he did. No, that it's got that. It's got that. It's and, got. And that. then you can look as he's massaging you. It's like a twofer. I'm not playing. He. I'm not, no. I'm not letting this dude. He'd be like, one of my clients was coming. In, like then he started warning us, like, "Oh, my client's coming in two minutes." I'm like, like literally. Like client, like what the hell, dude? This is like you're at a flea market. What are we doing here? It just draws uh, the curtain, man. It, everything's legal, bro. Everything's I legal. just pull that curtain back. Everything's legal. I don't. Does he have? I gotta ask. I mean, let me hold He's on. Coming. Let me let me text. Oh, He's here. Let me text to see if that if he had a curtain. Hold on. But no, I I don't remember a curtain. I stopped going after a while, dude. I was just like I. There, they would sit there for hours and wait around. I'm like the deals aren't even. They were good. They nowadays they would be like astronomical, but like. Back then, you could go other places and find, like, <laughs> I went down to this other guy who just would, he, like, he was a hoarder, but his wife, because they couldn't even get out the door, would make him bring stuff in. So he came in with a shopping cart one time, and it had the whole run of Why the Last Man. Like, I just, like, okay, how much? He's, like, a dollar a book. I was, like, well, what if I buy the whole thing? He's, like, 30 bucks. And, you know, that's, like, there's a lot of issues in that. So I, so we yeah. just started throwing stuff into the cart, and we just took the whole shopping cart with, I mean, I think we spent, like, three four hundred dollars there and we're like can we just is there can we because it's only open on the weekend whatever and we're like can we just come over during like he's like no my wife won't let anybody come over dude a shopping like, cart full of comics <laughs> oh yeah 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 because well because he was in the way back so there's like ramps i could be talking these shady places all the time there's like all these ramps so you had to like get all the way and you had to go through like fake cologne fake watch person you had to go through the VHS person, you had to go, you know, there's always like six guys that repair electronics and some electronics are like, why the fuck are you repairing like bootleg Walkman? Like who the fuck still uses a bootleg Walkman? Just buy a Walkman. You know what I mean? Like nobody uses it, but those people and all that. And like, there's always people, it's always tight and there's always kids running around and shit. So like, yeah, man. So you just have a shopping cart working on three wheels, working on three wheels and uh, you pull it out real quick. Guys, give me one second. I gotta, I'll be right back. So let's start the news then. <laughs> the hell? Whenever you're ready. So I'm starting with Ben Affleck was spotted working at a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru and some social media videos. NBC 10 in Boston, Massachusetts is reporting on the beloved actor making a new set of commercials. I don't think it's a set of commercials. I think J-Lo cut him off and he has to fucking, now he is getting an allowance, so he has to go work at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> But it says Jenner Lopez is also involved in filming in a capacity as well, which means she's not doing fucking commercials. She's just hanging out. A lot of fans. He needs to get away. Like he just needs to get away from her. She just won't stop. Stop doing everything. I think the problem is, is, is like, there's when she opens her legs, it's like fireworks in a circus. So as soon as she opens the leg, it's like, and he's just like, hell yeah, fireworks, shit, yeah. But I, I, I think it's really for an allowance. That's how he's getting his allowance. I, I bet she's driving him crazy. She's just talking and talking. And talking. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Walmart Ben Affleck right here in this clip or in this uh, in this shot. Walmart Ben Affleck. <laughs> is that real? It looks fake. It, I think he's doing Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Is actually what it is. Well, he's from Boston, and Dunkin' Donuts is all over Boston. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but. How would you, you know, say Starbucks if you had a, if you had Starbucks a is everywhere else? Dunkin' Donuts is in Boston. 
I figured his brother would be doing something for him, but. Dunk Donut. Mm. You want to head down to Dunk? <laughs> Let's go down so to I Dunk. Guess, I guess he's not Batman anymore or what? Yeah, he yeah, had to move out of the Wayne Mansion. Move out of the Wayne Mansion. Living in the pool. Huh? I'm going to park my car and work at Dunk Donut. <laughs> he's parking his car <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Let's go down to Dunkin' Donuts. What is he saying there? He's like, what? What? You didn't order this? You're going to fucking right, take it. Fucking wise guy. <laughs> but that's... Fucking don't need this job at all. I'm fucking rich. When I, when I saw this article, I messaged Matt, and I was like, we need to make the title of the show, Ben Affleck works at Dunkin' Donuts for whatever he wrote. Like I was like, get, you know, it's, it's an allowance because Jennifer cut him off or something. But I pocket my car to work at the Dunkin' Donuts. It looks like he just got something thrown on him. Like it's, what? It's, 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 what's it's, the fuck is that about? You want this coffee in that? You want this coffee? Thrown on him is is middle class. <laughs> That's what got thrown on him. Oh Ben. Yeah, he, he doesn't look That's like Batman. Man. He looks like regular man. <laughs> he looks like what's, Duncan Man. What's a W two form? <laughs> you want this coffee? You want to take a picture? I'm working. I got a line here. I got a line here. <laughs> it's just me on the ship. So, all right, moving on. According to Bleeding Cool, the 5G it says uh, 5G looking at aborted but not quite launch reboot planned for DC Comics in 2020, dubbed 5G a uh, fifth generation, planned by the then publisher Dan Dumbass. It would have been the main character of the DC universe, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, more aged up and replaced by newcomers to the roles of Superman, Batman, and more. The fifth generation of superheroes while stories starring these classic characters would be out of continuity or set in the past. During the previous four generations of DC heroes of the new DC timeline. But damn dumbass was fired in 2020 for unrelated matters and then the lockdown hit which saw the publication of 5G delayed. In that moment, DC took the opportunity to junk the 5G, thank fucking God, Replace them with something else in the short term and pulp what had already been printed for free comic book day that year. They just ground it up. They just sent it to the shredder. Everybody's scared I mean, of five. Honestly, though, like, I don't know, as a full reboot, it would have been cool as, like, a, like an adjacent thing. Like, you know, like, everybody's old and it's getting replaced. I could see that, but, like, as a final replace, where you don't see, you know, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, I don't know about that. Isn't that like Future State? Was, what's that? Isn't that kind of like what Future State is doing, or did? That's probably what they turned it into. Yeah. I mean, uh, instead of the past, they went to the they went forward. So, I don't know. I mean, do you think that would sell? Not seeing any comics that don't have Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, any of them. Do you think? Do you think those would sell? Like I think they would sell at first, but I think what would happen is people would be like, "I want my characters uncomfortable with." Yeah, it depends on how long you have the run for, right? I mean, if you're only going to do it for a year, yeah, you'll probably be all right with it. But if you if you're, something you plan on doing for five years, that that's not going to be sustainable for five years. I'm assuming what the five G plan was 
uh, it was probably until the next DC reboot. That's you know what I mean. Like I think that was dumbass's plan was. It's Dumas. <laughs> Dumas. Dan Dumas. What's his name? D- Dan Didio. Dan Didio. 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 I was just kind of, I mean, like I was hoping Marco was, was going to be here for this or Pete too, because I would be interested. Because I mean, like Future State didn't do that well. Like people did, I don't think people attached no. to it like they thought they were. Like some of the stories were good. But none of them were like, I can't wait to get that next Future State book. Yeah, I, I think if they maybe did a more of an inclusive uh, thing with it, where it all kind of worked together, but they didn't do that. Not really. I mean, like, the idea, where like, you know, where you plan something in like, like a lot of Adam, Adam Sandler movies. It probably sounds good when you're talking about it, but when then you actually do it, it just isn't very good. Right. Oh, I think Adam Sandler probably knows right now that all this shit is not going to be any good with all his friends. Like it was probably funny when they were like smoking weed and talking about doing Jack and Jill. That's not how he makes his movies. That's not how he decides what movies to make. His movies he does as vacation write-offs. So. <laughs> He sits there and he's like, "What? where do I want to go on vacation? What kind of movie could we film in that location? Yeah. And then I'll just get all my buddies together who want to be in it and do this vacation with me. And we'll write the script on the plane out. And then away we go. As soon as we get there, we'll film it. I think that's kind of genius, how this went. Genius, yeah, Deb, I think you're right. It is the half-assed 5G. I think... But it just, uh, I think what happens is this, it's, people are comfortable, people don't like change and having a big change like that. I think it would people be like, okay, this is cool. This is cool for a couple issues, but let's go back to normal. They're like 5G is cancer. That's what they think. It just it kills, 5G it's is like, going to kill the it's like It's like the floor 13. Just, just skip it. What up, Patrick? Long time no see. Well, it's that AT&T crossover, right? Going from 4G to 5G. But yeah, let's just go 4G to 10G. There you go. It's, it's like... Uh... Definitely ask him. I'm not going to say what it's like, but I have an, an idea that I'm not going there. <laughs> I just think it's... I don't know. It is what it is, because it can't be yeah. what it's not. But... It's like that Buddhist symbol. <laughs> Got used I can't wrong. remember why did they fire him? What I can't remember. I'm like blanking on why they fired him because he's a. Uh, I think it had something to do with drinking too many white claws before. Let's guess. Let's let's speculate. <laughs> what while having an error? <laughs> there was a book that came out this week <laughs> that uh, what was it called? Uh, you know, I heard it was. Near-death experiences? I think it was called the Spec, and I was like, ooh, everybody could speculate on the book called Spec. Let me see if that was it. It, uh, I think it's an image book. Sounds like a personal problem. I I don't think it's image. 
It is a personal problem. No. Where is it? Is it that little Scout? speck? Is it Scout? Hey, Scout. Let me. I, I, I'm, I, I'm pulling up this week's books. I'm at Dark Horse. Let's see. But like. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, we got to call him Dan Dumbass. Hey, Dan Dumbass. Is it Boom? It might be Boom. Maybe Boom. Yep, it's called Specs. You're right. You're right. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you, Tyson. Yes, it's... it's there. I'll just drag my screen over real quick. Yeah, it's this book right here. It's called Specs, and I was like, ooh, maybe everybody could spec on Specs. It's like the ultimate dad call joke. Dudes, I call them Thank Specs. My specs are right here. Spectacles. It's actually kind of a cool cover, but is anybody still reading stuff in this kids and killing the children? No. Or did everybody bail on it? I've never started. I've never started. Something is yeah. testing our. Something is killing our attention span. Have you guys ever met James Tinian? No. Is he? I met him at a Comic Con when he was still writing uh, Batman Eternal. And I was trying to get him for an interview for Absolute Geek, and he was nice. He was nice about it. He was like, "You got to go through DC." <laughs> he, was, he was nice. Didn't want to say no. You but rang. Like, if my oh, people call your people. Snap, it's Petey. Oh, uh oh. What do we do? What do we do? Mr. Pete. So I, I was talking about uh, 5G. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I did come out and, you know, future state and stuff. And I was like, I kind of yeah, wanted. No, I, I was listening along as I was wrapping some things up. But yeah, I no interest in 5G. Don't like the idea of it. I'm glad it. Well, I don't even care what it became. Yeah, I think Sticks is right. I think it became Future State, or I don't know. It's just not for me. Yeah, I, think I thought it, it I became think the like it's a, it's a cool it, novelty thing. So it sounded it sounds really like an Elseworlds reboot where you, if you're not going to have your main main characters, you know, it's not going to be Clark Kent. It's going to be I don't know some other guy from Smallville. Pete, it didn't become. Future state. What it became was the lining of everyone's hamster cage at DC. <laughs> I'm gonna just shred this shit, and then I'm gonna. It's going to my guinea pig. It's going to my guinea pig cage. Yeah, that's just. It's just dumb. It's just a dumb idea. But yeah, I don't know what's worse, uh, like the comic the plans they had, the movie plans they had. Or Sony's movie plans that they have. Like, I don't know who's got or is more off base with what they think people actually want. Race to the bottom. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> listen, listen, there's no there's no number one draft pick for them to be at the bottom. So well, Ezra's the wild card right now. They keep him or in more than one way. They keep yeah. him or do they put him in the yeah. institution? Huh? Ain't fired yet, and I don't know if they're going to. Yeah, I don't know if they will either. 
Like if they didn't do it yet, <laughs> like I know it's like somebody's on his side. No, let's just see how this plays out. Yeah, hey, somebody's nice bigger selection up. here, Kyle. I see how you're trying <laughs> to sneak you. in the hot girl of the week here. <laughs> I, I didn't do that segment this week because you're right, I did it here. So it says <laughs> Wednesday's Christina Ricci lends her voice to DC's most famous gesture. In Harley Quinn and the Joker, Sound Mind, a new audio drama coming from DC Warner Brothers and Stupefy. Hmm. The seven episodes series is written and directed by Eli. Who fucking cares? And who fucking cares? <laughs> as the Joker and Justin Hartley, whoever, as Bruce Wayne, who fucking cares? Justin about Hartley's that? Green Arrow from Smallville. I don't fucking care. And yeah. All episodes premiere on January 31st. An audio an audio trailer of Ricci and whoever interpretation of the iconic characters while hinting that Harley will have far more agency in her relationship with the Joker than has pre previously been depicted in some of DC's prior comics and media adaptations. Who the fuck wants to listen to this on Spotify? I don't know, but snakes on a I plane kind of made her like extremely dirty to me in my head. Like, just uh, I, that's what I. Also, oh, you're the guy who watched snakes on a plane. No, nah, like, this is too. this is uh, I'm like this is crazy. Like, she's now forever gonna be that girl in my head. Like, I just can't stop doing it. She... Wait, which girl? Christina Ricci. She looks like Nick Cage and Connor. You, you don't. You don't think of her as Wednesday? Yeah. You think They're of not her as the girl a, from Black Snake Moan? Black Snake Moan. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was something to snakes and. Yeah, you're right, but it's still an odd one that that's that's her signature movie now to you for her. Yeah, like Ain't that's kind of like uh, that's like farting in front of me. Like ah. Uh, uh. I didn't know if that was a good <laughs> idea or not. Pete. Dude. Your guys are on the way. I got him yesterday. My mail for mine. Yep, it's going out. It's going out this weekend. I just got him yesterday. Nice. Sweet. So remember to you go know, on to only two days, order your right? shirts. <laughs> so, is everybody excited to listen? It's going to out this weekend. Tomorrow's Sunday. Well, yeah. I don't control that. Tomorrow's Sunday. Mondays. Is anybody excited to go on Spotify and listen to an audio drama of the Joker and Harley Quinn? No. I'd rather read a book in audio. Yeah, it's I'm about as excited <laughs> to watch like a how to make glue like audio book or something like like I could care really less. I don't want to listen to this. Turn isopropyl alcohol mm -hmm. to 99% alcohol. Yeah, I watch a YouTube uh, video on how to fix my furnace. For that. For fun yeah. or cuz you had to. <laughs> well, because I had to. How exactly. Certain things you do because you have to. I don't have to right. listen to this, and I'm probably not right. going to. <laughs> and then when you do it, you worry that things could catch fire, so you keep a closer eye than you normally would. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why Kyle had to couldn't get a more recent picture. This one's like clearly by around Thanksgiving time. So. No, but I'm glad Richie is Dude, I mean, she's brawless. I mean, ever since that black snake moan, she's... Well, I'll be here all week. No one got that. <laughs> I saw Christina Ricci in person once. The only thing I remember was her very large forehead. Well, now she does have a good hairline there. Awesome. 
He's got that Peyton Manning forehead. <laughs> Never sign a football. So Hartman's got that AI Turkey's forehead. He's dead. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm learning every day. We should do an AI picture that, and ask him to do a picture of Hartman for us. It's a black guy when I typed in Cardi West. So <laughs> like it got me wrong. It's racist AI. Type <laughs> literally. <laughs> Fucking AI. I think that's just gonna fade away for quite some time. Oh god, you were far wrong. Far, you're furthest from you're way off kilter. He's just trying to wind you up, Hardman. Let it go. <laughs> Poking the bear. <laughs> it's it's a fucking fad. Deal with it, Hartman. Fucking fad. <laughs> so, Titans director yeah, Nicholas Copas commented on the status of season five. Seemingly confirming that HBO Max might have already been developing the next installment of the superhero series, which is a good sign. Hmm. Though an Instagram, Instagram post commemorating the tenth month production of season four, Copus teased Titan fans by revealing that he has been sworn into secrecy regarding the details about season five. Although HBO Max hasn't made any announcements for the renewal of Titans, this is certainly a hopeful update for fans who are curious about the future of DC in the series, especially after the streamer has been canceled. Show, especially after the streamer has been canceling show these past few months following the merger with Warner Media and Discovery. Yeah, but I heard the culling was over, so if it hasn't been culled already, then it's it's safe. I'd be scared every yeah. day. I can so well, if they haven't announced it was, if they haven't announced it was canceled already, then it's good. Yeah, that's what I understand. I would say so. Yeah, one way. I'm sure they have. I will take, I'm sure they have social media people that check and see how popular it is that way. You know, and if it's popular that way, they'll probably keep it. Yeah, I'm just saying, no, if like it's not the, announced and it's not set, and they're not in production and not already making season five, well, there's no guarantee that they will. Right. There's no rush on their part that they have to cancel if they haven't, you know, started shelling out bucks or anything. Is right. this out yet? I see commercials for it, but is it actually out yet? Yeah. Four? I think so. Yeah. And I'm behind. I haven't checked it out yet. Is there an interest in that show, Velma show? Oh. I like it, actually. I mean, once they got comfortable with the fact that they could drop the F bomb and just it's like, okay, we could do it occasionally, but not make it every other word, it got better. That's good. I guess I'm too much of a Scooby-Doo purist. Scooby-Doo? Don't fuck up my Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Are you talking about the, Vel the Velma one? The Velma one, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is that what you're talking about? Or you talking I was about talking about Titans. Okay, sorry. I thought we were on the Velma because of the comic. <laughs> I was I mean, talking about Titans because Hawkman was just F this, F that, like through the first like two seasons. <laughs> oh well, okay. I thought you were talking about Velma dropping F bomb. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> I don't know. I know it's well. That's been short too. Here at SNS, we have three different <laughs> conversations at once. I guess so. <laughs> we're all on a different page. Kaling, What's going on here? Kaling doing that show, Velma. Yes. It's what's her I name from uh, the office? Mindy yeah. Kaling. That's who Hartman said. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you, Hartman. I'm from. I can't hear out of my left ear, so that's for my speakers. At, so actually, <laughs> actually, not catching everything. Um. Okay. So Titans, yes. Thank you. Next, we have film producer and director Michael Bay is accusing of killing a pigeon while shooting a film in Italy in 2018. As the rap reports, the bird's death occurred on the set of Bay's Netflix film Six Underground. Allegedly, a homing pigeon was killed by a dolly while filming a scene in Rome. An unnamed person on the set that day is said to have photographed the incident. Bay denied that it happened. I am a well-known animal lover and major animal activist, he stated. No animals involved in the production were injured or harmed. I didn't want to say was because it doesn't sound right. Wait. Or on any other production I've worked on in the past 30 years. Wild birds are under special protection by Italian law. It is illegal to harm them, kill, or capture. While Bay did not operate the dolly in question, he is held responsible as the film's director. Bay and his team try, <laughs> tried to dismiss the case three times in the past five years, apparently to no avail. According yeah, to the yeah. filmmaker, he was offered to be released from the charges by paying a small fine, but he stood by his principles. I declined to do so because I would not plead guilty to having harmed an animal, he said. We have clear video evidence, a multitude of witnesses, and safety officers that exonerates us from these claims and disproves their one paparazzi photo, which gives a false story. That's a lot to kind of unpack in that bit yeah. yeah let me I let me start story about a pigeon being killed let me start by saying this is so ridiculous <laughs> but a homing pigeon is not a wild bird true but was it involved in the production of this film so it could have been a separate it was probably homing a pigeon. dumb homing pigeon and flew into the dolly well, homing pigeons are domesticated birds. They are not wild. You're, You're missing the big question. By that logic, it's not protected then. It's, it's not protected. Bird. Shouldn't be protected. <laughs> and if it's not involved in the in the in the filming production, then it's not their responsibility either. <laughs> I don't know what's I so just, hard about this. I was just it, like, damn, I wish this would have came out a day or two ago. Because this would have been the fucking thumbnail of the title of the movie. Michael Bay is a pigeon killer. <laughs> Joe says, five years. Sam is an expert in bird law. You know, I'm not I'm not an expert in bird law, <laughs> but I am an expert in reading law. Bird law. And yep. if if the law protects wild birds and you're talking about a domesticated bird, like a chicken. Right, you can eat chicken in Italy all day long, and you know you could have squab in certain parts. I'm sure, which are just pigeons, domesticated pigeons. This should be an SNL sketch. I assume pigeons are just part of the ambiance over there. Uh, why they don't want yeah, to kill? Italy is directed by John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so the bird wasn't on the payroll. Well, it was on John Woo's payroll. Well, oh, man. Hopefully he has a bag insurance. Now he's got to get like pigeon insurance from now on or something. Yeah, yeah they, they, well, every, every every film production has accident omissions insurance, liability insurance. So, oh, I thought you were going to say has homing pigeons. 
They don't. Yeah. In case every, the cell phones break down. They every Italian to film production has homing has homing pigeons. That's Pen mentions the camera five via the pigeon. Common knowledge. He, I just, it just, it's that's funny. Can you imagine what a pain in the ass? All right, I gotta go back to Italy for the stupid fucking pigeon case. <laughs> the pigeon, the pigeon case. Who did he piss off? Who hasn't he pissed off? It's Megan Fox. No, I know, but like, I sorry, the font was very small, so I, it was hard for me to read. But like, so somebody, let's say they either like made this picture happen so like they did it without you think it's conspiracy now yeah no if you read it because he's like everybody knows i'm a uh, animal but like it's like oh some person allegedly just was running around backstage and then took a photo like if you see a pigeon like i mean remember when randy johnson threw the ball and killed that pigeon (laughs) yeah i mean if unless the only reason you got a picture of it was because they were taking a picture of randy johnson you know throwing to the plate right Yes. Like it, right. well, it, it would die fast here. I feel so. How would? I, why? Why is he like? I'm a well-known. I don't even think anybody knows that you're. Does anybody know that he's an animal lover and activist? I didn't know. After years of talking <laughs> about this, it's probably become part of his. How much he wept for the dead pigeon? He wept bitterly. When that pigeon died, but it just sounds like it just—it sounds like it sounds like maybe he didn't pay off the mafia down there or something, and they're like, "We're gonna put a hit on this pigeon and we're gonna set him up." You know what I mean? Like that's what sounds happening here because this sounds like a setup with a BB gun in the clock tower. (laughs) Yeah, they're waiting. They're like, "Hey, you didn't give us our payola. All right, Bay, we'll teach you a lesson." All right, right. yes, release the the pigeon. Was there a grassy Three minutes to uh, dead time. Boop. <laughs> Backstage, boys. Uh, okay. Let me. Uh... So right, I'm going to that. That's with the pigeon. Well, I don't think we got through news because I started. I got in here early, and then I just started talking about weird places I've bought comics before, like the guy who was doing chiropractor and massages, and then would. You know, in the in the flea market. And I think the last story the was only Malcolm in the middle is going to be a professional <coughs> race car driver anyway, and it's like Dave Batista story, so it really doesn't matter. Let me. Um, <laughs> we have a Dave Batista John Cena story. Let me oh, remove okay. this. We add our guest so that Sam can introduce our wonderful guest for tonight. Uh, all right. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to see you all. Uh, Just to to introduce our guest to our audience, this is Mr. Adam Beechin. He is a writer uh, who has worked in the comics industry as well as uh, TV, animation um, since since, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Some of his notable works include Justice League Unlimited. Countdown, Countdown to Adventure, Batman Beyond, as well as uh, in screenwriting, he was the head writer on Edgar and Ellen, Pink Panther and Pals, Transformers, Robots in Disguise, Lego Jurassic World, Legend of Island, Isla Nublar. Tonight, we welcome Mr. Beechin. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Hey guys. Uh, there you go. Hey, welcome. Going? Good Thank job, you. Sam. You got the name right, and you kind of gave a great profile. So that was pretty good. good job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> hey, you like yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I even remembered some hey, of the shows. That's actually that's actually <laughs> doing pretty good for us. We don't always it is. get that right. Sometimes right. they've messed up a couple people before, so we're we're gonna give them a little slide here. All right, I'm impressed. Nice, nice. <laughs> Why so you're get... a busy guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been at this for a little while. Yeah, been lucky. I've had a lot of really great opportunities and worked on a lot of great properties. I mean, so which which are the ones that that you? Like when you're on a, uh, if you're on a first date, what are your first date stories? Like, oh, hey, this is the one I wrote. This is the one I'm most proud of. <laughs> I don't tend to bring it up on first dates, mostly because I'm married and I don't have first dates. Uh, it's just, a, it's a, it's just a euphemism for it. You're on a you permanent date. A long time I can sense a trap life. when it's coming, guys. I can sense a trap. <laughs> you're not going to put it over on me. So, how long did you wait to tell your wife before? Hey, you know what? I'm a super big cartoon and comic guy. And I'm writing um, Wildcats. You know, I didn't say super big. I just said comic book and cartoon guy. And uh, and luckily, we're still together. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in the wild. That's right My word. wife had an inkling for a, a little bit, like when yeah. we were dating and stuff. Like she knew I liked it. Like I would be hanging out with her and I'd be like, oh shit, X-Files are on. And I'd just leave. <laughs> and she had no idea. And then we got married and moved in together. And she was like, oh. <laughs> oh, he still leaves. Kind of questioned her decision. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the first time that your partner sees your place and gets a sense of your decorating style uh, that they may really find out how big of a comics and cartoon guy you are. I tend to have a lot of comic book art on my walls, so uh, it's tough to hide. That's Does your comic hide. book art lean more Batman or more Thornberries? <laughs> more superhero stuff. Yeah, more of the comic side. Yeah, so what you should do for all the younger people watching this is like leave uh, your your childhood room decorated with all that stuff. When you're in your own apartment, you just don't yeah. have anything up in the wall at all, okay? Right. Uh, so you can always go whenever you're visiting your mom and dad. You can go back and play with that stuff. Then you'll find a nice young lady, and then you buy a house, and you just keep a room like this, and you just hide it. And so yeah. that all of her friends have no clue till well after you're married that this is a situation. And, and assuming your mom and dad don't throw everything out the window the moment you walk out the door. Well, I mean, right. you should be paying them to not do that. So, so yeah, I got to them a 20 every time you visit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I gotta, I'm paying way too much. <laughs> Tyson says, that's why I got a storage unit. Oh, yeah. You can't. Yeah. But you got to be careful because I got a storage unit and put all my books in there and they all got stolen. I oh, lost my entire ooh. comics collection. 30 years worth of collecting. Oh, oh man. That's but so I got them back. I got them nice. back. You got to do hire Nicholas Cage to find them? No, you know, let's hear this story. Go. This what is else story. would I do besides hire Nicholas Cage? <laughs> Nicholas Cage um, no, a friend of mine saw a story on the news that there was a, a ring of thieves that were breaking into storage units across you know Southern California. And okay. so he knew that I had lost my collection. He said, you should call the Garden Grove police department and see if that they you know if they found anything because they had yeah. busted up this ring and one of the things they had found was a large comic book collection so i called the card the garden grove police department and i said uh, i understand you found this comics collection in the storage unit thing um i have i had mine stolen is there any way that i can check out the collection that you have and uh um 
they said, sure, do you have an index to your collection? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, with anything in particular that's like unusual that would identify it for us? <laughs> do I have an index of my yeah, collection? Right. <laughs> I'm like, would you like it by Silver Age, by Bronze Age? Would you like it by artist first name, artist last name, the letterer? And they just said, just send us the list and shut up. So yeah. I send them the list. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we found your comics. Uh, wow, so I went down cool. to Garden Grove and I went to a police storage unit and there were all the boxes, the long boxes that my comics had been in and none of them had been taken. There was oh, a, a, there were phone numbers of local comic shops on the boxes, um, but none of the shops were taking collections as big as mine because who wants a collection that big? And so these guys hadn't yeah. been smart enough to break up the collection Piece and try and sell it out in pieces. So mm -hmm. I got really lucky. I mean, incredibly lucky. So my comics yeah. and I have been reunited. What was uh, breaking them up? Breaking what was them your up what was your favorite like book? Job. That's too much yeah. like work. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were they were looking to make a quick score. Probably yeah. not fans. Yeah. What was your favorite books that were in that collection, or are you still having that? Like, what were the ones you were like, crap? This is gonna be hard to replace. Oh God! Well, uh, pretty much all of the Frank Miller Daredevils. Okay. Um, pretty much all of the John Byrne and Chris Claremont X Men. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a lot. You know, some independent stuff. Like I had a. 256 issue run of uh, Cerebus, the Aardvark. Um, wow. I had I had a lot of stuff, and I I still have it now. Yeah, uh, nice, so, nice. Yeah, I was really fortunate. What was your what's your Silver Age love in there? What do you got in there for Silver Age that I'm going to go steal from you? Back in the Silver Age stuff is is Adam Strange. I've always been a huge okay. fan of that character. Really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I said elsewhere that Adam Strange to me is like the John McClane of the DC universe. He's mm -hmm. just a guy with a, a funny suit and a fin for a hat and uh, a piss, a ray gun pistol. And he's always outnumbered. He's always outgunned. He has no idea what he's doing or what he's getting into. And he always finds a way to think himself out of his problems. Uh, and yeah. so that character to me has been really, really special uh, all these years. And when I got a chance to write him for DC, that was kind of a dream. Oh, I thought Wildcats was going to be your dream for writing for DC. You know what? That's one of my hey, favorite projects I've ever worked on. Is it um, nice? Yeah. How it fun really is, is that? How fun is yeah. that? Like you, because you had to be around. I mean, you were around during that. Like you're in your twenties around the time that they like that was happening, right? Where Lee and the boys were out there doing their big deal. And honestly, yeah, I had never read it before I took over the book. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> have. I think a lot of people just uh, bought it. So I had I had never <laughs> I had never read it, and then I did a crash course. And read everything Wildstorm when I got the okay. game, uh, yeah, yeah. going all the way back to the beginning, and got a sense of all of the characters in this huge tapestry that that Jim and Scott and everybody else had created. Um, and you know, one of my dirty little secrets is that I've always wanted to write the Legion of Superheroes. Still do. Oh, okay. Think be great. Yeah. And so I always shooter. wanted to write a team shooter and Levitz, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And I always wanted to write a team book with a huge cast, and see if I could balance out and juggle the storylines and stuff. And mm -hmm. when I got the chance to do Wildcats, I'm like, this is it. I'm doing it. And brought in, we had a draft, the uh, guys who were doing the authority and the guy, and the, me doing yeah. the Wildcats. And they were going to be sending the authority off into space. Okay. And they said, um, so let's do a draft. Who, who do you want with your first pick? And oh, so that's cool. <laughs> the authority guys picked their guys. And I took literally everybody else in the Wildstorm universe. 2017 nerd draft. We got right? that one. Yeah, all right. 100%. Yeah, right. 100%. And so Tim Seeley and I, you know, uh, we just were like, let's go for it. Let's bring in as many characters as we should, call them all Wildcats and put them to work, you know, trying to save the planet. And it was so much fun. It really was. 
You know what's funny is like it's funny hearing you talk about the Legion because I've talked with uh, Houston before too. He actually because I sell comic books too at shows a lot, and like we had just picked up a whole run and shooter was it, and like how many comic book artists that we like and see nowadays like really mention that shooter run like with high regard. Like mm-hmm. I, obviously, I that's not exactly one of my favorites or whatever, but I understand how important it is because, but it does seem like it has a special place in the heart. Of of people such as yourself, like artists that actually are in the industry still, and that sure to run. Yeah, I mean that was a little before my time. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started reading Legion, I think Carrie Bates was writing it. Okay, Uh, and Mike Grell was doing the art, and that was the very first stuff that I saw. But then when Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen took over, that's when I really became a Legion fan. And uh, there was just so much creative energy happening in that book, and there were twenty six lead characters and they were bouncing so effortlessly between them that it was like watching a really good soap opera you know Hmm. and uh and that's the kind of approach i always wanted to take should i ever had the chance to write a team book and so when we got wildcats that was it it was like i may not get a chance to write the legion but i'm gonna do my version of it here that's cool yeah joe likes joe's a big fan of adam too i mean he post a lot of stuff it was kind of funny because i brought up that question about silver age because of this lower fans joe he post a lot of silver too and adam strange he does a lot of stuff with that too but mm. it was because like creeper he posted something on creeper which i i've noticed like for some reason whenever you're going into like whenever you have fans of silver age usually they have something to do it's you know and i'm not i'm getting away from the like of course everybody loves the horror stuff you just right? want to no. talk about creeper yeah i do this is why I'm, the whole situation so i can talk about creeper but i've always creeper. i've always found out that people attach themselves to a dc silver age comic book character and most yeah. of them aren't Typically, like when you get really into the nerdum and the fandom, it's usually not Batman or Superman that they're attaching themselves to. They're attaching them to something like at I wouldn't say I mean Adam's fine like a character, but I wouldn't say he's like a plus list. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't you know, I mean those you're are the characters that I that I gravitate to are the B listers because yeah. so little has been done with them to flesh them out, you know. And then when Alan Moore took over Swamp Thing and made Swamp yeah, Thing, Swamp yeah. Thing is amazing key part of the DC universe. It's he was showing everybody that every character has something in them that can make them really popular and big and interesting. And, um, you know, I, I have, I feel the same way about guys like Doc Samson and, yeah. uh, you know, Aquaman for a long time was a B list and, uh, Wonder Man and characters like that. There's something in all of those characters that can be fascinating and make them cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just what I happened to see in Adam Strange. The other characters that I really loved from the Silver Age were the metal men. Oh, and, uh, yeah. because some of the first comics I ever read were uh, Metal Men comics that Walt Simonson was drawing. Right. And I just fell in love with the characters from that. And so I pitched a series to DC uh, for Metal Men. Um, one of the first meetings I had in Hollywood was about a possible Metal Men animated series. Um, and I got to write them finally in Batman Beyond, which was mm. a lot of fun. I knew the book was going to be ending. And I'm like, this might be my only chance to write these guys. So I'm bringing it. <laughs> I'm putting them that, in. <laughs> that showcase run, that Silver Age showcase run, has to be one of the the greatest untapped source material that has enough to you know because they introduced a ton of characters. You had the Challengers in there. You had Metal Men were in like and and some of them will only get like limited run throughout that. I mean, sure. obviously everybody pulls Flash out all the time because mm-hmm. he became the A lister or Green Lantern out of it. But like, there's 
Like, are we going to ever get uh, like the fireman story from showcase one? Like, why is nobody picking up that character or Marina <laughs> man, frog man? Yeah. You sure? You sure? <laughs> if it hasn't think, happened by now, there's probably a reason. I think maybe getting on those might be a key. You go through those first like four, three, I think it's, yeah. was it fireman, Frogman and Hawkboy or what was it? What's the last man, one? Man, man. Is that what it is? Man, man. I don't yeah. know. Fire, whatever. Man, <laughs> I don't man. know. It's like an Indian guy with a hawk on it, I guess. I can't remember what it I think those are untapped resources. Add those to your next team up book. And I think you got a winning, uh, sure. You got winning it. element there. You got it. Bring them on. What was it like getting that original call from DC saying, hey, let's, we need you. Let's write something? It was pretty amazing. Um, you know, I I don't know what you guys know about how I first got involved with DC, but I was writing animation first. And uh, through the course of my animation career, I got to write for some DC properties, uh, Teen Titans being the one that I was working on at the time. And a friend of mine from college came out to do some other business. He was an editor at DC. We had not been in touch. We sort of reconnected. And um, we were at this recording together and I told him I'm coming to New York you know, I would love to, to see you. You said, do you want a tour of DC? I said, do I want a tour of DC? And DC <laughs> was still in New York in those days. And so I went to New York and he showed me around the office that my friend's name is Ivan Cohen. He's now writing some of the Scooby-Doo stuff for DC. Uh, he's a fantastic writer. And he walked me around the offices and introduced me to people. And one of the people he introduced me to was the guy who was editing the Teen Titans Go comic book. And so I chatted with him for a while and I asked him before I left, I said, would you be okay if I pitched you some stories sometime? And he said, why would you want to do that? You write for the show. I'm like, cause it's comics. He said, all right, <laughs> sure. So I pitched him a couple of ideas and he bought one and uh, that got turned into a comic, my first comic book. And, uh, and then the next month, um, another editor called me up and said, Hey, we're starting a justice league unlimited series. Would you want to be the guy to write it? And I said, yes, please. And that, that's how it, it happened. Now, simultaneously with all of this, my friends Larry Young and Mimi Rosenheim had started an independent comics publishing company called AIT Planet Lair. And they had told me that if I had any ideas for graphic novels, they would be happy to, to make it work. And so they published a graphic novel of mine called Hench, which came out in 2004. You can find it on Amazon. Um, and that sort of made... I had work that I could show to people in the comics realm that said I wasn't just an animation writer. I knew the floor for comics. So between the two of those things, between my friend Ivan introducing me around and the graphic novel, um, that was kind of what put me on the map for DC. That's awesome. Yeah. What's it like being an animation writer? Like what's, what, what, because you've done a lot, a lot of televisions. Yeah. Right? yeah. What's that like? I mean, is it, What's that like? I've never had anybody talk about making like a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I hang out with all the animated characters in my spare time. We all do cocaine and it's, it's, awesome. it's just a, it's a, you've seen the trailer for Babylon. It's a lot like that. Um, and Bugs Bunny, that kid is whack. Um, it's, it's a ton of fun. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen animation scripts, but they are different from primetime scripts and live action scripts in that, you can do a little more directing on the page, meaning you describe, you're describing the scenes a little more fully. Uh, it's great training for writing comics, actually, and probably the other way around, too, uh, because you want to tell these artists pretty much what you're seeing in your head. It's a, it's a writer's medium. Uh, television is more so than a director's medium. And there are plenty of really talented animation directors that I've worked with, but they want a more fleshed out script. 
So you can really get into thinking about what the world of the show is like, uh, what the characters would do in given situations. Um, you know, most shows, the episodes stand alone, so you don't have to worry about a lot of continuity. In some shows, that's different. Um, and it's fun. And then going to the recording of an episode, if you're lucky enough to do that and see the actors actually do it, that's the cherry on top of the Sunday. That's really the reward, for me at least, uh, at the end of the day, is to see the words come out of actors' mouths. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be watch. Just this, that. Yeah. The, that, what was your favorite one that was like your favorite show that you got to be a part of? Well, that's that's a tough question because they've yeah, all been so many good ones. Well, also, I think there's recency bias. And so the last show you worked on because you were so deeply involved in it, that's the show that you are still the most invested in. Mm -hmm. But I've had fun working on on a ton of shows. Wild Thornberries, I have a lot of love for because it was my first show uh, that I was able to work on. Um, working with the, the rest of the writers on Teen Titans Go was amazing. Working on Jackie Chan Adventures, which got me sort of into the boys action adventure side of animation was really, really cool. And I learned a lot on that job. I learned the most from my job on Transformers, Robots in Disguise, uh, which we did for four seasons. Uh, it's the longest I've held a job in my, my adult life. Um, <laughs> and the producer taught me just a ton of stuff that I use today. I really learned a lot about the craft. Um, and then working with all Lego. Those yeah, all thank great you. Shows. And working yeah. with Lego has just been pure fun. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so much whimsy in all of the stories that they do. You can just sort of go nuts and they, um, they're very willing to let you, I mean, they'll totally pull you back if you cross a line, but, um, for the most part, they're really just excited to see what you want to do with their, with their characters and their worlds. So I have a lot of favorites. Um, and I couldn't pick just one. That would be, that would be rude. Yeah, Did you campaign for the metal men to appear on Batman brave and the bold. I, I did not, but I think they did appear. I think yeah, Gold did. actually appeared in one of my episodes. Um, I, and I can't remember which one it was, but uh, I think Gold was in there and he was like a grill on somebody's, on Batman's teeth. Batman <laughs> was undercover as Matches Malone or something. And he had a grill and it was <laughs> Gold and it turned out to be Gold. And Gold just sort of jumped out of his mouth and KO'd the bad guy or something. <laughs> that was fun. That was great. Yeah. How much how much in touch with like the creators are you when you're writing your script? Creators of what? I'm sorry. Of of like the car cartoons themselves. You know, you got the people who come up with the idea for the cartoon and you're the writer. Yeah. I mean, so how much in touch with them are you or are they saying this is what we kind of want it to be about? Go. Well, it's 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 pretty close contact because usually the people who have come up with the the show or are the um produ executive producers of the show uh, created the show and their writers or their artists or their both. And they work very closely with the writers to make sure that it matches up with the tone that they envision. Um, and that's a big part of writing for TV is you've got to match the voice of the show you're writing for if it's an existing show. Um, right. And that's tough to do. And so the, the head writer or whoever that is uh, often will take a script that comes from a freelancer. If I'm freelancing and just doing one episode of the show and they'll, take it they'll look at it they'll say okay you got this right you got this right you got this right but this scene you need to make sound more like our characters by doing this or this character wouldn't do this here then i go off and i rewrite it based on their notes turn it back in and then those writers will take a pass at the script 
that I have turned in to iron out all of the wrinkles and make it really sound like what the what the show is supposed to be. So it's pretty close contact, not during the actual writing process, but in the development of the story and putting together of the outline and then the notes part after the drafts are done. Are you ever reaching out to anyone saying, hey, I like have a question on this or? Um, in the process of writing a script? Yes. Sure, oh yeah. Yeah, if I come up against a you know a question of the character's history that I don't know about, I'll I'll send in a yeah, you know continuity. I gotta imagine will be tough if you're doing a one. I don't know how to. Else. Yeah, if I don't know how to stage a particular scene, I'm not I'm not picturing it the way that they are. I'll get clarification on that. Um, yeah, and and the head writers are always very good about that. They're more than happy to discuss stuff with you. <laughs> it's when you when you take an outline and you go home and you start writing the first draft and you start changing stuff. And you say, oh, you know what? This would be better than that. And you put that into a script and you hand that in. That's when head writers get upset because they're expecting one thing that was approved by the studio and approved by them. They're getting something back. They're not yeah. going to, you know, they're not going to uh, smile on that. Yeah. Oh, you changed that. Oh, nice. How how crazy is it like you did, you said you like doing the, or the Lego stuff, but you did like Ninjago, right? So you. Yeah. But it was like a later season. You did how many episodes? I did one episode. One episode in the middle. So do you get, like, I mean, is part of your, like, oh, this sounds kind of cool, actually. Is part of your job, like, hey, cool, I get to watch. My kids are huge fans of Ninjago or were for a long time. Still are. Yeah, but, yeah, like, so did you have to watch all six seasons of Ninjago? Because it was different feelings. Like, Ninjago actually, like, they're, all their seasons, there was very, there's like very subset different feelings. And even the characters changed and developed a lot. So I would assume, I mean, I know you talked about like, hey, you got to, you have the head writer kind of giving you a feel, but like, did you sit down and like multiple, like watch seasons one through six? And then like a season seven was a way different feel than like season one, two, and three. Like, I mean, it was, it wasn't even the same styling, you know, like how, yeah. like, so how does that play out? I mean, that seems like crazy, but also it seems kind of cool because your whole job is just to like watch, watch yeah. cartoons um, and shit. I did so, binge the write series. The, gotta write the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got to do. He's got to watch like the first six seasons. Like, shit, man. Like, you. I mean, that's hey. an ancillary benefit. Your wife's like, hey, dude, uh, lawn's got to be cut. You're like, hun, sorry, I'm season three in Ninjago right now. Can't. I gotta work. Uh, sorry. Done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what is Master Wu up to? I have to find out. Um, <laughs> well, how did he make those noodles? <laughs> I don't remember which season. My episode appeared and it was like four or five or maybe six. It was the so one season. It. it was later. Yeah, it was the time one. It was so it was like yeah. technically, I think it was total seven US five, maybe Cartoon Network okay. five, maybe something like that. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. a season that the the two guys who have written most of the episodes didn't work on. Yeah. Yeah. So a buddy of mine was the head writer, and he brought me in to write this one episode. And I didn't know anything about ninjago he didn't know anything about ninjago when he took the job so he had binged oh, okay. the entire series okay. so then i binged the entire series and it took me i don't know five or six days yeah. and just was just plowing through episodes and by the end you know your eyes are like Ooh. um because it's crazy i mean like it is it's a very interesting i didn't mind watching it with my kids like it's for kids but it's like you know it's the usual lego stuff where it's kind of for but there's like some yeah. crazy stuff that goes on in Jago. It's hard to foul, but like you can get into it. You have to get into it. it so. It's a great show and it's yeah, yeah. funny as heck. Yeah. And, um, but it's convoluted. It really is. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's hard, I think, for a freelancer coming in late in a series on a show 
to um, get up to speed on that show and then hold that in their mind just for the period of when they're writing the script because writing the mm. script is like a couple of weeks. Right. And so all that watching of the series just goes bloosh when you're done, <laughs> you know, but you've got to hold it in your head just so you have an idea of what the show's tone is and who the characters are right. for that period of time. So, um, you know, it was really fun to work on. I got to work on some Ninjago books after that. Nice. Um, but Did they give you uh, any yeah, of the toys? Did you get any no, of the Lego sets? Dang it. Lego, yes. Lego, yes. No, but did you so, get any of the Lego set like Ninjago's? Like those things? Oh, no. Nice. I got oh, Jurassic cool. World. Yep. Oh, dude, that's the gates of Jurassic World. Oh, that's super so, cool, man. So your Netflix subscription, your cable, that's all a write-off, right? You get yes, to write all that off. <laughs> yes, sir. Every book I buy. Who comments. doesn't? You bet. That's great. That's one of the pluses. Now, um, you did you've done all you were on Ninja Turtles, and you know, we freaking bit. love Ninja Turtles too. Uh, you did one episode back in 2006 uh what was the process there oh god that's that's hard to remember <laughs> um, 2006 what the hell are you doing i don't even remember where i was something else bro go i think and i and i apologize if i'm getting details wrong but uh the story editor on that show was the comic book writer joe kelly okay. um and I didn't know Joe really well. I had met him at conventions and stuff, but it was a chance to work with him, which was really exciting and a lot of fun. Uh, we weren't in the same city, so a lot of it was done by phone. Zoom really wasn't an issue at that time. Mm. Um, that was another show where I had to do a lot of research uh, and pick up what the characters were and what was intended for them in this particular series because they've had different iterations where the characters have had different goals and what have you. Um, I was a little familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, more so than I was with, with, uh, what's the last show we talked about? Ninjago. Yeah. Thank you. Ninjago. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, but I wasn't, you know, super well versed in it by any means. So it was really fun and it was fun to work with Joe and I had a good time on the series. Um, would have liked to have written more and would love to go back to the character someday. Hmm. So Solo Wookiee is a, a collector in our chat right now and he, he's talking about Justice League Unlimited. He says, to date, it's in his top five all-time series. Oh, that's nice. Because your carryover arcs are what they should be basing live action on today. How do you feel about that? Hmm. About using Justice League Unlimited continuity for the current DCU in terms of movies? Yeah. I, I'd love to see it. Um, you know, Because you get a job like, of it? <laughs> I would love that, certainly, too. That's what they say is above my pay grade. Right. Um, those decisions are made a lot higher up than I've ever been. Um, it would be flattering to see one of those stories turned into something else. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, everybody who works on the characters and on the uh, particular series has a different take on it. Uh, and it's fun for me to see what those takes are from different people just because I've had the experience of doing it myself. So mm. I feel like I've told my justice league stories for now, mm. if they want to do something with them down the road, more power to them. But otherwise I'm happy to see what other people want to do. Do you guys have like a meetup where like everybody who did the justice league or everybody who did transformers, y'all hang out and say like, yeah, mine was a little bit better than yours. Cause <laughs> like a zoom meeting or something where you guys, <laughs> Crack a couple beers and then talk shit to each other. Like, yeah, you well, know, yours was, shit, but... was kind of shit. 
Yeah, when I wrote this, when I wrote this, it was meant to go this way. You really dropped the ball on that one. And like, uh... No, I have that conversation with comics fans occasionally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah sure. Boy, I don't know what you did with my character here. Uh, but <laughs> when the writers get together, we're all, you know, we're all so beaten down that we just say, yeah, I understand what you went through, man. It's more like a support group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the community of animation. Oh, writers, no, no, but you got the special, you got the special extra chat in the background. You're like, can you believe it? If he just would have done what I was doing, he would have made it all right. You know? uh, I'm sure there are the wrong ones that are out there. Yeah. I'm sure there are people who, who do feel that way, but mostly we're really supportive of each other. Yeah, supportive of the niche studio. Yeah, cool. We all know what, you know, how hard the job is and how hard we work. Mm -hmm. um, and we all want to work with each other and for each other. Uh, so but not a lot of trash gets talked. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I yeah, don't no, no. all of it. No, yeah, as far yeah, as I no. know right now, you know, there's a conversation going on across the room. Oh, what did I got out of luck? We can talk about him making, fun, he's making fun of me. He's, he's making fun of me. He goes, what did you get from June 5th, 1985? Oh, I know the answer to this. I know the answer to that. Okay, what is it? That was a Thursday, and I had a, um, a chicken patty sandwich at my high school. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. Good. Tyson was thinking the same thing. Perfect. Good, Good fries and chocolate milk. Uh, was, yeah, nice. Good. There you go. Okay. Take that. Oh, yeah, they, they there you go. oh, that's funny. No, that's, and it's good to know that, that that group's kind of like good together. I mean, you see it throughout com comics is a little different, obviously. You know, like there's certain groups that run together, and like you always see like team up. I was having a conversation about this today. I always found it weird that um like you see the team up of artists and writers where like a whoever's the more popular will try to help the other one out to get to like cons or like give them like half their table or and you like how cons have become nowadays like there's a lack there's a lack of um there's really a want for talent there right like even people who don't think they're as high talented as they should be and you still see that old school like hey cool i made it as a writer like i've have 10 years over so if you're you know if this is your third book you're doing art on you're doing with me i'll just have you on my coattails or like that mm -hmm. artist could literally go they could get booked for shows on their self. And I, I was having a conversation with an artist about this thing. Like, I still find this very interesting that, you, that it hasn't evolved to a situation. Like, it's good that they're niche, but they even seem to be niche in their subgroups. So like, oh, well, we did better on this type of area or we did this over here to sell their own stuff. Yeah. Where it sounds like you guys in uh, animation, it was just like, oh, well, screw up our management. We hate them and they beat us up all the time. So we're all in this together. Now, don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying you said that. But I'm saying like, I'm saying I'm not saying you said that. But I'm saying like, like you said that. Like, like you said that. I'm telling uh, you, man. I can spot a trap a mile away. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like the same thing in comics too. They say similar shit. stuff, but like, uh, you know, a little bit different. No, I, so there are there are groups in animation as well, and yeah. at least in LA where I am, some of that is just geographic. Yeah, um, you know, a yeah. lot of the animation studios are on, uh, on in Burbank and Glendale and places mm -hmm. like that. I don't live near those places, so I'm more friends with the writers who are on my side of town. Um, but, you know, we all know each other, whether it's through working on different shows or it's the animation guild or or whatever else, or we've seen each other's works. And so, you know, writers do try and, you know, in animation at least, do try and look out for each other when they can. Um, if someone gives me a job on their show, if I'm lucky enough to run a show somewhere down the line, I'm going to try and pay that back. Um, you know, we all want to keep working. We all want to keep working with each other. We all want to work with new talent and we all want to work with, with the writers that we grew up watching and reading. 
Um, you know, sometimes you, you have a say in that and you're able to pick the writers you want. Sometimes the studio does that for you and says, we really want you to work with this person. We want this person on your show. Um, you just, you do the best you can. Uh, but you know what your writers are going through and they know what you're going through mm -hmm. and uh, you're all in it together to make the best show you can. Can so, I circle back to real quickly? You said when you said you went to DC, you went to the, the head, the, when they had their headquarters out in New York, what was yeah. What was the first drink that you ordered at the bar in the office there in, in New York? <laughs> oh, geez. Come on, Mark. Uh, it was a gold kryptonite shake. Mm, very good. <laughs> go, ahead, sure. go ahead. Go ahead. Sam. Go ahead. So, so looking through your filmography and your bibliography, just the one word that kind of captures it is fun. You must mm -hmm. kill at kids' parties, right? You get up there, <laughs> you're telling you the jokes. Who I am? <laughs> well, when I put on the clown makeup, I become a completely different character. Uh, and that's that's called the method. Um, yeah. You know, Brando taught it to me. Uh, I think he taught it to a few other people. Um, I don't get invited to a lot of kids' parties. I don't. I, maybe it's me. I don't know. No one has said. I don't have kids. Uh, a lot of my friends have kids, though, and it's fun to talk to them about the cartoons that they love and the comics that they love, and uh, and to um, you know have that dialogue with them and learn about the stories they want to see and things that they wish would happen. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun to to chat with your audience, and whether they're whether they're adults or whether they're kids. Uh, and find out why they love the show so much to hear about their love for the characters. It's, it's really a blast. That's, that's another cherry on top of the Sunday is talking with the people who actually consume your work. And are you sitting on any projects that you're waiting to pitch? You can give us a little, uh, I'm waiting little to hear insight. back on a pitch. I'll say that. that I'm waiting to hear back on a pitch that I made oh, before okay. the holidays. Um, I am nearly done with the script for a new graphic novel. Um, so there's some stuff that's cooking. I'm working on a TV pilot that's a primetime pilot of my own. Who knows if I'll ever get to the point where it gets shown around or anything. But for me, it's a good project and it's fun to write. And that's really all I care about at this point. Um, <laughs> is it original or is it a reboot? No, no, it's it's an original. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's like a Night Court cooking. reboot. It is not like Night Court. It's more like, um, uh, what was the show with the robot princess girl? Um, Small Wonder? Small Wonder. Yeah, we're bringing her back to like crime. <laughs> small wonder. Small wonder. CSI. CSI small wonder. There you go. So quickly. She's teaming up with TJ Hooker, and it should be a masterpiece. Is Hooker and Zemet on board? That's what I need to know. Hooker and Robot. Or does that, right? That's great. Punky Brewster guest stars occasionally. Yeah. Oh, man. If, if only. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. I also have a. I also have. There's a rumor out there that you're a Suns fan. Is that uh, true? It's yeah. It's probably more than a rumor. <laughs> you got yeah, half of us are from Phoenix. <laughs> Is that right? No. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. You got to be. Uh, well, that's that's where I grew up. Where'd you oh, go to high you. school? I went to Washington High School. Nice. I don't know if I you know where that is. Charles in Glendale. I'm in Mesa. Okay. I, I went to Cortez High School, so I wasn't that far. You bastard. <laughs> I made that, that up. a lot. Don't worry. What was uh, what were your comic shops in Phoenix? Kyle, which one do you go to? I go to Drawn to Comics, Fantastic Worlds. When I was a kid, I went to Atomic Comics. Sure. Over by Metro Center. Yeah. And uh, I still shop at, you know, there's one called Jesse James, but yeah, 
there's a there's quite a few now. There didn't yeah, used to nice. be. I'm sure you knew that growing up. There, there wasn't a lot of comic shops here. Well, my shop was all about books and comics in Central yes. Phoenix. They closed which is kind down. of a legendary store. I've been around forever. Yeah. And I actually worked there for a summer, which was really fun. Uh, and getting a chance to work in a comic shop and meet those fans and work with people who are working in a shop was just great. It was a great time. And the owners, Alan and Marcia Giroux, you know, they just retired a couple of years ago. I'm yep. still friends with them and their son to bring this in a full circle. Uh, it, ben is the voice of Big Nate in the new Big Nate cartoon. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. So there you go. Nothing. All about was just a little bit too far for me. What What is all about? All about was. When yeah. I was growing up, I yeah. lived by Metro Center, so Atomic was locked. Yeah, Atomic. If you were a real fan, you would have gotten there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Now. shots fired! Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's right. No, Kyle, me out. Kyle had to. Kyle had to navigate the Canal Killer back in those days. He was. <laughs> oh, I remember he the had Canal to stay close to home. I remember the Canal Killer. Sorry, yeah, I, I was the Metro all of your non-Phoenix fans have just like gone to sleep, and I apologize. <laughs> but I remember the Canal Killer. I lived close to the canal, and that was going. Oh, no, don't worry. That's typically what happens on this show. They start talking about local Arizona <laughs> stuff, and they're really cool. Hey, I was walking by and... the Metro Center one time when they found one of the heads in the canal. Uh huh. And they were pulling it out, and all the cops were there. Yep. I have an alibi. I can see a trap a mile away, Kyle. A <laughs> yes. mile away. They caught the guy out. They're not by. even looking for him anymore. Did so you grew, up, you grew up in Arizona, too. Do you believe in um, licking toads and aliens probing you? Or this is something yeah, we found common. I in Arizona. I mean, that's my family. No, I think that's it's generally everybody who grows up there has a very affinity for those two things, apparently, which mm. I find amazing. I didn't get into those too much. Okay. I was too busy... Um, sweating to death playing basketball outdoors in the summertime because right. it's a bazillion degrees yeah yes. yeah it's a part of the country that's actively trying to kill you yeah um and uh and reading comics and that was basically my my everyday life when i was growing yeah, up that's cool that that's beautiful cool. now yeah. you have to be pissed off at the suns so you have to be frustrated like i am i'm not frustrated i'm depressed <laughs> we were you know? so close i know and i know for those of you who are listening at home and, and have the slightest interest in basketball. My beloved Phoenix Suns have played most of the season without six of their top seven players. Yes. So they're literally hiring people off the street to play basketball for them. Yes. And, ten day contract after ten day yeah. contract. I had yeah. to touch town. Are they holding raffles at the center? Calling out numbers and okay you get to play center and man I wish to play forward. They, they, I wish. Guys. they had to turn down. <laughs> I, uh, when I was a kid, my, my mom used to work at the Phoenix Jewish Community Center, which is where the Suns practiced. And so I would get to go and hang out in the gym while the teams were practicing and uh, got to rebound for the guys when they were shooting. And uh, oh, I went to the oh, coaches cool. camp and all that stuff. And that really sort of sealed my love for the team and, and for sports in general. So that was when Barkley was there and no was way before, way, way, way before. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, the Berkeley, I was in grad school when Berkeley was going on. Okay. Yeah. I was in hey. Texas and I was sitting I all by, my, by myself in a sometimes. pizza parlor when Paxson hit the three pointer that doomed us in the finals. It was the most depressing day of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cut you off. Uh, he was, was yeah, Marco. Sure. That's okay. 
Oh no, I was gonna. I actually think uh, the Phoenix Suns are like you guys blew Stoudemire. You didn't do anything with Barkley, so you get what you deserve. But uh, I was actually gonna go back oh. to. Oh well, Detroit. We got the. Like, like hey, listen, we're back to back champs out here. We had Jordan stole one from us. We should have been three peating. So like, I mean, you guys are cute talking basketball. Yeah, that was uh, the last century, right? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! We took it in two thousands. You forget? We came back and did it again against. Yeah, Lakers. but that wasn't a that wasn't a repeat. Yeah, it was we went back to back in in the two thousands? Yeah, yeah, we went back to back again in the two thousands. Yes, with the Prince team and the Billups team with Ben Wall. Sure that wasn't just two thousand four. In my mind, it was six. We won six in a row in that time. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, yeah, exactly. In your mind. <laughs> In your mind, you know, uh, my, hey, brain, the Knicks are, my brain does earlier. that to me too, Marco. I, 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 hey, listen, it must be it must be all the cocaine with the cartoons. Uh, but hey, yeah. Yeah, I was trying back. to work my mind back. Who's the oldest son I could think of? I'm like oh, the original Larry Nance. Yeah, probably Larry Nance. Yeah, he came Larry in in '81. I was just trying to help BK out because he's been trying to answer, ask this one question. So I was trying to get to it, and it turned into a, a Detroit Pistons. Uh, <laughs> All right, help BK ask the question. BK sure. wants to know how do you feel about the popularity of anime in America? I don't even know if you have an opinion on this, but sure. I figure we'll at least give it to you. BK, I don't think... come in here, troll, after I'm getting your question asked, dude. Done. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's great. I think uh, the more kinds of storytelling art forms that fans are. Thank you. See that? No, 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 no. He's a troll. You don't listen to him. No, he's calling him a troll for delivering <laughs> facts. Suck it, Marco. Oh, no, no, get him out of here. Mute BK. All right, go ahead. All I'm saying. Put uh, your Ben Wallace jersey away. <laughs> uh, I think that the more exposure to different kinds of storytelling styles that people get, the better. Um, you know, anime is a very specific kind of comic presentation to a story. Uh, and if people are into it, they're into it and if you're a fan of it and you're a big fan of it i know how much it means to you uh because whatever you're a fan of it's it's super super duper important and every character is somebody's favorite every story is somebody's favorite um and if that's yeah that's your thing man go for it i uh yeah. i went into a, a a manga shop in tokyo and it was unbelievable seeing the shelves of that stuff and the, a number of rooms i had no idea in the world there were that many manga titles and they're just, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's crazy how popular it is. And I think it's great. Cool. Cool. If you're not I'm watching anything. Said. You got to try to check out chainsaw man. Yeah. Chainsaw. See, was he yeah, in showcase number a... one with fireman? No, we have an occasional <laughs> fighter man here called anime peer pressure, uh, where we try to get people to watch shows, but, uh, mm. Chainsaw Man would be definitely at the top of that list, but uh, okay, kind of a dark finder. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's on. It's on a streaming service called Crunchyroll. Okay, I'll yeah, look the best for part it. about Chainsaw Man though is it's a total write-off, Adam. It's a write-off, <laughs> just, just, just like my career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is the anime anything you touch your toes into to writing or? Okay, first of all, you. Um, clip that, say clip that, clip it, clip it, do it. Secondly, uh, <laughs> secondly, um, I did have a project where somebody brought to me uh, a, a produced anime show that they were thinking of bringing over and repurposing for American audiences, and so they needed somebody to dub it not dub it, but write English. 
okay. stuff for it, and it had Translated. to match the character's mouth movements. Oh, right? oh that's which, cool. which in animation they call it lip flap. So ew, right? Um, <laughs> but you With had to mouth. do that, and so I I did that. It was almost impossible because the script didn't make any sense to me. It was the the, the tape I got of the show was a Japanese story that had been translated into Portuguese, and then I got it. So I had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, it was in some parts, you know, you're trying to uh, uh, just figure out, make up something that makes it work for the scene. I remember one of the lines I had to translate or come up with something as an alternative was, I make you sucking on my monster sword. And <laughs> That sounds uh, typical. You know, and it's a it's a challenge. That's a, that's a real challenge. And so I don't know whatever became of it. I heard that it tested lower than than anything else in that studio's history. What so I did my job. Let me write this out. What's the name of this? No, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, what is the name of this? You can spot a trap nope. from a mile away. Like, a mile away. Hey, guys, crunchy roll <laughs> underneath me. What what did he just describe? Suck my monster sword. Let's figure it out here. That could be anything. Man. That's what it sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> anime? That could be anything. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a uh, that was a Brady Bunch episode. Um, <laughs> Marsha, 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 for the American Marsha. audience, right? Oh my gosh. You sound yeah. exactly like I do when I describe anime. Like it is just I don't. I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. But like, okay, I mean, yeah. teach your own. Like, I, I wouldn't get it if I heard sentences like that. <laughs> that's what well that's the one i are the first time i was introduced i was at a con and they had it on a tv screen and all you could do is see the subtitles and it was about like this thing that eats children but then poops out gold and i'm like what the sh and they're like this is one of the greatest anime titles of all time what don't you get about it i, go, I know people thing, like that yeah walking around and eating and shitting out gold like what the hell are you watching yeah, usually it, it's yeah. writers not children that get eaten and then there's one know, where a, a girl a guy's right hand turns into a female that's our AI Hartman. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, speaking of AI, AI how do no, you feel Jesus about it? Christ. They, they've just released an anime specifically for generating anime characters, right? So I see it as a tool. Like, so in other so, words, taking so art. So if you can't draw, like if you're not good at drawing. I Don't see hire it as, an artist. Yeah. Steal a like, shit. Well, yeah. no, I'm just saying like if, if you want, like if you're learning to draw and you're not to that level that you want to be and you have an idea in your head, you can generate something in base, like a rough draft around it. Basically, you could trace your own images yeah. starting out. So like, yeah, when I was a kid, you would trace, uh, like, you would trace <laughs> images. You know, also, when you have a book like, report due at school, you can take the encyclopedia and copy all the words word for word well, no, out of but it. You're, Wait you're a minute. <laughs> just a little bit, maybe steal one from another book. See, and see, and I don't yours. think you guys understand that that's not, I don't think that that's what's happening. Like, that is what's happening. That's 100% what's the fuck's happening. First of all, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're just playing a song. Guys, if you're using an encyclopedia, first of all, you're in 1993. Okay, go into Wikipedia, pink, clipping and pacing. Clip and pick a That's an old book report, man. That's when you did the old school copy and paste. Hitman, hey, Hartman, let him answer. Go ahead. We did kind of barrel roll this one so what's Wait, your opinion on so i don't know there is really like, when when you start a comedy podcast you're freaking solid gold man yeah what are he your just, thoughts on it? he goes well, ai speak now you better yeah, be right there's, there's a big controversy going on on the message boards and then facebook and whatnot about ai and it's it's place in in comic books and, and other art forms um i have a hard time thinking of a filter as an art form 
but maybe I'm just not there yet. Uh, and as time goes on and more people are using AI to create art, it'll become, it'll feel more familiar to me. But right now, I don't think there's any substitute for an actual human being actually putting the work in on a, a tablet uh, and getting that stuff drawn. Um, there's just something about it that's more immediate to me than something that looks as manufactured as that. And right now it feels like it's manufactured to me. And I, I look for the, the, the work that went into it. Oh, yeah. So that's it just me. That's just me. It's if other people are into it, great. If it's people who, you know, think that's a great tool to help them draw better or learn how to draw or what have you, or if they just like it, that's great. I think that's fine. I think it's more of people getting their ideas out, like having like yeah. a physical representation of their ideas, like yeah. just by using prompts and storylines. Yeah, but, but it's not original. But it's not original that. product. It's not original product, though. That's well, the problem it, with it, it. Is it or isn't it? Because it isn't. you're you're What's telling your, your own story with that stuff, though. So maybe the basis of the originals aren't original. Our basis of the of the characters aren't original, but the story you're telling with what you do with that art is original. It's like, um, you but know, no, like. So here's an example, though. Let's say I want. Let's say you're like, hey, uh, I want to take Beast Boy and put his head on Raven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have your picture. Let's say you drew Beast Boy. Sam drew Ra Raven. Raven. Mm -hmm. They put them together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you're gonna profit. the The problem isn't you're doing this for fan fiction because like. You were you grew up in the era of fanzies too. I'm a huge fan of fanzies, fan fiction stuff, all the old newsletters that used to came up. I understand that stuff and how that works. I have no problem with what you're saying. I don't think AI is the same thing, unfortunately, with that. I feel like even in that form of fan fiction, like Hartman was saying, you were creating your own stuff with other people's characters. That's fine because you're coming up with the original idea. Not necessarily. You're, you're doing the not, hold on, Hart true. Hartman, stop. Stop talking. <laughs> that's not Jesus. true. Though. Watch out. <laughs> you're you're giving okay. What I'm saying though is what I'm saying here is like when you do that, you're doing your own structure forming and you're doing a bunch of that type of stuff. Like I get that. When you're using an algorithm to combine ideas from different places to put together and then saying, Yeah, I like that. No, could you tune this up a little bit more? Could you tune? You're not actually building that structure for yourself. You're not building that character for yourself. You're not building that storyline for yourself. You're having other parts that have already been built by somebody else and interjecting. And that's what AI does use at this point. Now Hartman can start yelling at me. I'm going to turn him back unless you have anything to say. I'm going to turn back on. He's, going to, he's probably still yelling. Well, I guess my question to you would be, how do you feel about sampling in music? I'm not, not huge fans of it. I'm not. Okay. As long as the original creator is getting credited well. for it. Yeah, as long as you get paid. Like yeah. unless you get paid. Yeah, like sure. like uh when Nicki Minaj does all her songs, she pays big artists being credited for yeah. being used in the AI yeah. art, which is yeah, why I think it's part of the difference. So I can be Rob Van Winkle and think I have written some dope rhymes and it'll really work over David Bowie's under pressure beat. But yeah. if I don't credit <laughs> David Bowie for using his beat, then that's all I'm saying is pay the man his money. You I don't care. Like like pay the man his money. It's like Make me Beast Boy mixed with something else, or give me like Wonder Woman with this character. Like, you can actually describe the facial structure and features that you want in an image. It's not just give me Superman. Yes, mixed with that I, I understand. I understand how it works, but it ha it has to get a reference point. Its reference point it's isn't like a port of or It's like oh, you. Oh, no, it's reference. Oh my God! Its reference this point is isn't be the a origin. Lot like riding Wildcats, right? Uh, this is like you pulling up, from an image in your comedy. head. It's well, not. I mean, when you, 
when you draw an anime based on your idea, well, I can't draw you, worth a shit, so I don't like. Draw what are you anything. pulling from? Like, you're oh, you're talking to him. No. Who are you talking to? I can't. This is I can't follow what he talks about. I mean, I love him to death, but I can't follow him. Are you talking to Adam now? Is this? I'm talking to you. I don't like, draw, motherfucker. I can't draw. No, I'm, I'm saying that, like, I can't draw shit. I just the screen looks fucked up. So, like, I can't draw, bro. You're talking to the wrong guy. It doesn't matter. You're talking to the wrong it doesn't matter if I can't draw. <laughs> when you think of something, though, like, if you think of it, a character, things deteriorate like Superman, quickly. who do you think of? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you lost. From an idea? Like, no, I'm like, hey. Uh, you, uh, you know Reeves. That's what I think. I think Reeves. I'm like, oh, dude, Reeves. That doesn't mean I'm gonna use his shit. So, so you, if I use Reeves, all right, I, them both. I'm I'm not educated enough about AI to know what you can and can't do. Um, I just know that I prefer hand drawn stuff. They uh, are at they this aren't point. familiar with it either. So. Well, Marco isn't. Familiar. Okay, if you have a job, then we can keep talking. If right, you don't, right, then we can. Right. Thank okay, you, Marco. So Marco just bitches. Adam's gonna go. I was on this fucking podcast. And <laughs> it took this fucking fight broke out. They I were in like, different cities and they beat the crap out of each other. Oh no, <laughs> he's just crazy, dude. I don't even. He doesn't like. I love him to death. He's just oh, sometimes like. What are I, you I'm talking way in New about? York. I have. They can't reach me. He's like, when you draw, I don't draw. Like, I don't know. I'm not good at drawing. Yeah, I get we're, it. Like, we're talking to a writer, and you guys are arguing over. Yeah, AI I'm, gonna, or, I'm, I'm, I'm asking when you think, when you think of an image, are oh you pulling God. from it? Like, I, I don't anything, care. Hartman. So uh, no, I think of an image for a story. No, I'm just in general. He's asking me, not the person we have for the interview. Yeah, I don't know why he's problem, asking but... me. Stop asking me questions. No, I'm just saying this is a, a, a hypothetical, like overall. Like, when everybody like, thinks of know. something, they think of it in their head, they pull from a reference point, right? Like sure. uh, a Viking. What, what do you think of? Like you pull from a reference that they've got the hat with the horns. If you're, if that's what you're thinking of, what a Viking. Is. Oh, I think of Adrian Peterson. Sorry about that. He's the running okay. back for the Vikings. That okay, played so, in the, uh, so you're pulling from you're All pulling day. from a reference point, right? Like, that was amazing. But, yes, you're right. You're correct. So that's what I, that I mean. I get that AI takes from a pool of endless internet searches or whatever. You know, there's different engines based on that. There's one that's a waifu engine that just generates anime female characters. That's its data set. So I mean, just as a whole, there's a tons of different spots. I get their signatures and artists are complaining because their signatures are showing up. I understand that. But I mean, it's like, it's like a knife. You can use it for different things. You can do evil things with it, or you can do survival. That's the way I see it. I hear you. Unfortunately. Yeah, well, we appreciate you put a lot of thought into this part. I have. I put a lot of thought. to do with anything we are talking about? It does. Because what Hartman's talking about, in a way, could be the future of the medium, right? And oh, they were fixed. Yeah, you in a second. Once this, once this technology is out there, you're not putting it back in the box. So the question is, what's it going to become five, ten years down the line? It's an it's an important question. Um, and again, I'm not educated enough to to answer it, and I don't know what the ramifications of the technology are. I would like to think it would be used for good, but when has that ever happened? Well, um, I mean, one of the parts, one of the parts that I think is worrisome, especially for you, is like when you're saying that you have a main writer, like one of the biggest uses for this already. I don't like, was it CG, whatever that does it, but they like redo, they took like the cover letters and they went to 10 H, the top 10 HR people and had, um, could you tell us which one is the AI cover letter done? Mm -hmm. They couldn't, one, one person said they could. 
Yeah, one yeah. person said they could, the rest could. And like that's where it starts to get scary because you could start transitioning it. So they don't like no offense, but in they keep doing that. Are they because they don't care if it's bland? They don't care the I mean, we've seen it, especially unfortunately with DC and their movie products right now. They don't care what the product looks like as long as it gets consumed. So be careful now. Be careful now. They do care yeah. what it looks like. They do care. And, they and no one's no one's working on those movies that that thinks they're putting out anything less than something that they really wanted to tell. Uh, and there are a lot of people working on them, and they're working hard. It, their I'm vision, knocking, of, it, I'm not their vision of it just doesn't match up with yours. No, no, no. Well, the pro no, the problem is the problem is what I'm saying is they start to have a vision overall. They just canceled their universe again. Like yep. if you can't keep on, I'm not saying all the hard people who are putting in there were. I'm saying like overall the way up management, the upper class management see something going some way, and no matter how much hard work the artists, the people like you are putting in there. All of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, we're done with this. They're not go. This isn't what's producing what we want production wise. We're going to cancel and start over again. How? What's to say that they don't just cancel, start over again, and just use AI next time because they think they can control Nothing. it better? Nothing yeah. says that because that's what I'm saying. That's the worrisome part. You know what I mean? It, like, it's a business. It's not about yeah, yeah. the creative at that level. It's right. About, right. Are we getting a return on our investment with the characters? <clears throat> are we maximizing the profit for right. the characters? Well, I think I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I I wasn't trying to offend the artists on the level. I was talking. What you just said was exactly. Don't worry. I, said that. I, I went into clarified it better than I did and typed in a what I wanted to say on Facebook and had it reworded and it reworded it with punctuation, everything fixed and complete sentences, every grammatically correct. And that's called autocorrect. Like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Like yeah, people you are gonna car be, driving for you too. They're gonna start getting on Facebook and actually type messages now that they can right. fix them and not have to worry about people complaining about their. Uh, punctuation. Like well, you should spend less time on Facebook yeah. than maybe posting, I guess. Oh, I don't get on Facebook. For you. Get on IG. Which artists have you worked with that produced the final product closest to what you envisioned in your writing? Mm, that's a good question, Joe. Thank you. That is a good question. Um, because <laughs> thank you, Joe. Every every artist that I've worked with has reproduced panels or produced panels, I should say, that look exactly like how I imagined them. Every artist I have worked with has produce panels that were way better than what I imagined. <laughs> um, and the part of the fun for me, because once the script is into the editor, it's out of my hands. I don't even know who the artist is going to be half the time, or I, I didn't when I was working at DC. Um, you know, you just hope they, they get close and tell the story well, uh, but always there are surprises. Um, you know, I got a chance to work with some incredibly talented artists. I got to work with Howard Chaikin. I got to work with um, with Tim Seeley, with Freddie Williams, uh, with Ryan Benjamin, and they're all different. And if I'm not working with one of those writers for a long period of time, or I'm not familiar with their work, I don't know what the art is going to look like. I don't know what their strengths are. So I don't know how to play to those strengths, right? So if you're on a book for 18 months and you're working with the same artist the whole time, you know what they want to draw. You know what they like to draw. Yeah. You know how they like to look mm. at it. And you try to write to that. If it's an artist you don't know, you just you're hoping for the best. You're throwing darts. Um, you know, no one that I have worked with turned in a book that I was like, "What the hell is this?" Um, nobody did. There was always some kind of pleasant surprise in there uh, or realization of the vision. That's awesome. So you ever had uh, the chance to say, "Hey, I'd like this guy to work on this project." Yes, I like his work. Oh, good. Yes. In fact, that happened with Howard. Um, I was working on a, I got handed a, a Justice Society story 
for one of their hundred page giants. And I wanted to tell a story that was set in the forties or the fifties around the McCarthy era. And the editor asked me, you know, who do you see drawing this? And I'm like, well, ideally I'd love to see Howard Chaikin drawing it. And he said, okay. And we hung up the phone and he called me back two weeks later. And he's like, Howard's going to do it. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so that was a dream because Howard's been one of my favorites for as long as I can remember. The other time it happened, actually the last story I wrote for D not the last story, the next to last story I wrote for DC back in 2014 was a Wonder Woman story when they were doing Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman. And there yeah. were short stories from different creators. And I wrote this story that took place sort of with the 70s era, 80s era, early 80s era Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And the editor asked me who who I thought would be really good for it. And I said, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez uh, was the first artist I saw draw Wonder Woman. And so that's that's my Wonder Woman. And oh. the editor called me back in two weeks and said, Jose is going to do it. And well, next cool. thing you knew, awesome. there was your there were your words coming out of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez's yeah. drawings. Ask of this one. Our ticket seems pretty intense from the interviews. How was your experience with him? <laughs> My experience with Howard has been nothing but fantastic. Um, he is the nicest. He's going to hate this. He is the nicest, no, most big-hearted, generous guy um, that that maybe I've met in comics. Uh, he'll let you ask him anything. He'll talk about anything. He'll give you his opinion on anything, and he does not pull punches. He is yeah. a truth teller. Uh, he is one of the great uh, creators in our industry. He is one of the great personalities in our industry and he would be in any industry. You know, he wrote television for a while. I'm sure that people had had uh, pictures of Howard in their head from that as well. He's um, He's been nothing but good to me. And I, I have been lucky enough to get to know him a little bit over the last couple of years. We have lunch every once in a while. Mm. Uh, and I just, I treasure sitting and chatting with him about, he, he's the link between so many different eras in comics history. Mm. Um, and he's still producing really great work. Did you guys read Too Dead to Die? The thing he did with Mark Guggenheim. Yes. yes. It's really fun. It's really fun. He's still producing great, vital work that I think looks good in any era. Make sure next time you talk to him, bring up this Star Wars work and how great it was. Uh, we enjoy talking that. about that. Yeah. <laughs> we know how he loves it. Yeah, we know yeah well, it. you know, I, but a lot of artists are that way about their early work. Yeah, true. Probably. They, yeah, don't, they look back at it, they're like, ew. I look back at it and I see the energy that was present in that work that has made its way into that artist's evolution. You can see what he learned from working in Star Wars by looking at uh, Too Dead to Die. You can see yeah. the, the the bones of that. And that's what I love. I love Howard's early work. I Is there something, because that's not, well, but that's not unique to him. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of artists and writers you come across and you're like, you fanboy. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, what do you mean? Yeah. And it's not their favorite piece of work that might be right. like, do you have that where you see somebody fanboys over something of yours and you're just like, I mean, I like it, but like, that's not like, that's not the piece of work I would think would define me. And it's not, it seems to everyone. So no, you're I'm, a happy I'm, artist with whatever you get. I'm too flattered that anybody yeah. even reads my stuff to, yes. to say, you know, you should really read this. This is better. I wouldn't, I wouldn't chase anybody away from anything that I've written. Um, I'm just too happy that they actually read it. Hmm, that's cool you know yeah i, I think get, you see I, that a little bit more i mean i know you gotta get you gotta pay your bills like so like sometimes yeah. people pick a project i mean like is veggie tales high on your list of like animations you wanted to do for some reason or is it like no but it's such a recognizable brand ah, and it's sure. so big and it so popular true. with so many it people that it was cool to work on 
Is it a good chat? Is it a good chat? And to tell it, well, you know, it was fine. It was, um, (laughs) but I got to write a superhero story for Veggie Tales. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, and that was fun. You know, there's something in every job that's really, really cool to do. Oh, that's cool. Whether it's what you're writing or who you're working with. For sure. For sure. For sure. Dang it. Uh, I wish we had something that you were bitter at. I really wanted the bitter, <laughs> oh, I'm the bitter artist story. I want to see I'm the bitter bitter. artist story somewhere. I'm so bitter at the traps from a mile away. <laughs> this one I'm time I had to myself. There are stories I, I wish I had back. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think every writer has that. I think every artist yeah, has that. That's, that's natural. Um, you know, my first regular assignment for DC was Robin. Mm. And our first storyline, which was editorially driven, was to turn Batgirl, at that time Cassandra Kane, into a villain. Uh-huh. Uh, DC wanted to beef up Robin's rogues gallery, okay. and they thought a great way to do it would be to have Cassandra go off the rails and become a villain. And it become a big question why she did it and what happened and the whole thing. I was a relatively new comic book writer, um, and I made, I think, what's a common mistake, which is that I plotted out way too far in advance. So I had an idea of when I was going to resolve that mystery and what was going to happen, but fans aren't willing to wait that long. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we had to tell this whole story in three, four issues and my name's on it and I take full responsibility for it. But if I had it back to do over again, I know that I can make that, that story work better than it did. I don't think I wrote that story uh, to the best that that story needed to be told. Does that make sense? Do you think yeah, we should yeah, start no. fanzies back up and that way you guys can write the stuff you wanted to write that you couldn't quite publish out there in the illustrated world? That way, like that story you're talking about, we get the, it's like the Snyder cut. We get to do that from <laughs> now on. And then we, you know what I mean? We get like that type of comic book writing. Cause I do think there's like a, I think that's like the campion and, and like it is, I mean, I know it's all, all you old man, get off your porch type of talk, but I miss those type of days where you actually had gotten decent, not decent writing, but like you didn't have to file the, we need this to be a mini or we need this in a 12 or 10 part thing. So we could do two trade paperbacks out of it. And we need our stories cut up this way where they could actually extend for a while. And you could really read some original stuff that was like, maybe not, I don't know. I'm not going to say PC cause that's not what it is, but it doesn't fit the tailored line of comic book writing. And that, hmm. that's always been there, but there's more there. Now you see a very, like stringent pattern, especially with the big two on how they want to format their stuff. And I think some of it tailors around, in my opinion, at least tailors around like secondary sales, like Marvel's big secondary sales, get TPBs out there as quickly as possible. And they get your season sure. and your season, you know, to make that profitability off of it. For sure. Um, and I think you're going to see that change a little bit as we go along because bookstores are disappearing um, mm-hmm. and more stuff is available digitally where it doesn't matter how long it is or how long it goes. Um, but I think companies have an idea of, what an audience's tolerance is for the length of a story. Uh, I think they have a pretty good yeah. feel for that. You know, nobody's advertising a 36 issue story. Line. Yeah. Um, you know, if four issues is, is pretty easily digestible, 12 if you're really ambitious. And there are ways to write those stories that that work. You know, you treat them all like like any other story. They're, they're three acts, you know, and you're just telling them over this number of issues. So you plot out mm-hmm. what needs to happen in this, what happens here. You get to the end of your act one by issue three. You get to the end of your act two by issue nine and you're mm-hmm. done by issue 12. And there's a way right. to do that mm-hmm. and parse that out. And I don't know that I was super skilled at it when I was writing Robin. Uh, I've learned a lot since then. And I would love to be able to go back and apply that. I know that fans didn't love the story. Um, like I said, I stand behind it. It's my name on it. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus for it. Um, 
and I see now what I could have done better, and I know what I what mistakes I made. And I think every writer's like that. Yeah, but that's moving. I, I mean, that's just yeah. You're developing as a writer as you move sure. on too. I think you're a little hard on yourself for that. Well, um, but fans like Sparko don't don't care about that, and they shouldn't have to care about that. It's not you know. Well, we're watching him grow. Isn't that nice? They want. They're spending a lot of money <laughs> yeah, every month to get their characters telling kinds of they, stories that interest them. And they deserve a fair point. Yeah. Well, well, with, within respect to that, I think the comic book industry has always been the, look at me, I was the first one to buy the McFarlane writing, uh, you know, whatever, or, oh, I got the, in a newsletter. So like, I mean, I do think in the general sense of like the grand overall scheme of the fan, but I think there is still that, that hardcore fan base. Like we say it here a lot too. We read comics. We don't just don't cover the, you know, collect the covers like right i think there is still that huge fan base for that and i think some of it like some of it gets shorthanded lately and i don't think it's the artist's problem or the writer's fault i think it is because they're trying to get that like it doesn't matter if the art's completely finished it doesn't matter if the story has like bad holes in it or whatever to finish off some of the stuff as long as we get it out there as long as we get the three in as long as we get the cheapy in time as long as we can sell this out like we can get it done i think it kind of does hurt some of the quality unfortunately well, i think like seeing somebody learn like i think some of the some of the like independent comic book things like when you get a stray dogs or even like i was talking to charles today and like when you see 8 billion genies like when you see those little things hit it's because like are the storylines that great to be honest with you even though i like both those people they weren't the most amazing thing i ever read but it was cool to be there at the beginning you know what i mean sure. to see it develop and stuff like that sure. so I, I, that's all I, i'm saying i think we're missing i can't that, speak so. to the decision makers and and yeah. how they come to their you know i'm not in the editorial meetings i'm not in the business meetings i think that what happens in comics a lot of the time is what happens in television is that there's not enough there's not patience to let a show grow and turn into what it's going to be you know yeah. the pilot episode of a tv show is rarely what the show turns out to be um, you know, the, the Friends premiere was nothing like Friends seven, seven seasons later. Same with Seinfeld saw, yeah. or whatever. Never saw it. And <laughs> God, I feel old. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right. But, I know exactly what you're talking about. But oh, you need no. executives and you need editors who are willing to say, no, I believe in this. We need to let it grow. Right. They're headed somewhere. And I think that if you haven't demonstrated that in two, three issues, you're out the door. Oh. And we're bringing in another book because someone else has an idea. Let's try it. And now with the notion of continuity across a line of comics like Marvel or DC, where it's so flexible as to be almost non-existent, yeah. um, you're not you're not serving a greater continuity a lot of the time. You're just you're telling your story of that character. And if it doesn't immediately hit with an audience in an editor's or a publisher's eyes, they're not going to spend any more money on you. But do you That's think we're going to? Can I ask you a question right. to follow up on that? I like that idea because in comics, I mean, they're they're working. You're a couple issues ahead. You get a couple issues done before they're yeah. actually released. And if yeah. the editors get antsy and they decide to pull a story or back off of it, they're a couple of months out. How how far advanced in is TV? Because they're also filmed ahead. You know, yeah. they, before they decide to pull something and say, you know what, this isn't going where we wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. Which medium do you think gives you that longer leash? The television or comic books to kind of see that story through? I honestly don't know because both of them have a post-production phase that takes a while. Okay. Um, and I, and I don't know. I mean, I know there are shows like South park that actually come up with an episode in the week that it's going to yeah, air wow. and somehow get That's it out crazy. there. That's crazy. And there are other shows like the HBO prestige dramas that, you know, each episode takes six months. 
from yeah. story meeting to finished product. Um, I don't know. I know that there are plenty of shows that have been canceled with six or seven episodes that never aired. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that there are comics where books have been canceled with two or three scripts written or art done. And it just, it happens. Um, yeah. And it sucks. And sometimes you get to see those stories and sometimes you don't. Um, what can I say? I mean, you know, like I said, every book is somebody's favorite and somebody else's least yep. favorite. And if there's more of one than the other, that determines what you're going to see. I just worry yeah. about the longevity of it because if you, and maybe it's because, you know, I think a lot of people, obviously a lot of people that watch this show, a lot of people we get in here are like core fan bases. And no matter as much as BK will joke around in the chat or we all read and we all like, there is a form of continuity. Like we, me and Pete do a star Wars show on Sundays and it is a huge, and Sticks has been there before too, but it's a huge talking point of like continuity, consistency, and like the story group. And they have now started right. to be flexible with it. And I believe a, a, not a loud core, but a big core of the fan base is not happy with that. And I think you kind of lose, like, sure, you get your casuals, but like, also yeah. to your casuals, like, they give you the bonuses, but they don't pay the bills every day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm worried yeah, I, that like with our industry, with the comic book industry, like, is this something like my kids are getting used to going to cons right now? Like they love it. They love going to shows and stuff like that They because we work there. Everybody knows them. But when they're my age, you know, are they going to be able to do it too? Or is it just not going to be a thing anymore? Because at that point, who cares? There's no like, sure, there'll be the nostalgia factor or whatever, but there won't be like the true nostalgia factor of like, mm -hmm. I remember that storyline as a kid. I remember this how I felt emotionally and how I was attached to this product. You know what I mean? I, 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 I with respect, I disagree because okay, I think that, that comics will be around in some form or other forever. Oh, I don't disagree. I, they'll be around. And yeah. I, well, hear me out. And I think the characters will be around <laughs> forever and the stories that are coming out now will be, you know, for people that are your age now, when they get to be that age, they'll remember the stories that were told today. And that will be their version of mm -hmm. the characters. That will be their version of the continuity right. that they love. And they'll enjoy going back and seeing how other people did it. But your first impression of a character, your first right. uh, experience with a character tends to be the vision that you see in your head when you think about that character all the time. And I think that's gonna happen with today's audiences too. Um, you know, it, it may come from the movies, it may mm. come from television shows, but like when I think of Wonder Woman, when I picture Wonder Woman in my head, and I'm not saying I do this all the time because I'm married. You do. But <laughs> when, I think, when, when I think of Wonder Woman, I'm picturing a Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I see Linda Carter. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying, what Phoenix, I'm saying is like, way. what I'm saying is that that was a there was a long run, that was a long run for Lopez. I mean, there was those like when you see those core runs, you see long. Everybody has their own thing with a long run, and it doesn't seem sure. like. It doesn't seem like it seems like they're more disposable. The runs are more disposable now, right? Like hundred percent. Like you said, but, so like I think that's part of the ingrainment is a longer run where it's not as because it becomes more doesn't it don't you feel it becomes more generic? No. I, I think that our attention spans have changed. We don't have mm. the tolerance as an audience for longer stories anymore. And so of mm. what felt like a very short story of three or four issues can feel like a really big story to somebody who's coming into the reading comics now. Right. And for them, that's a long run, right? Because they don't have the experience of, of years prior. Okay. So okay. those characters, you know, that's the way they're first going to experience them. That's how they're going to think of them going forward. So yeah, this generation is the TikTok era, where everything's like thirty seconds. You get whatever it is you want out of it, and you're done, and you're either satisfied or not. Where and you come us, back, you know, we. Mm. Where us, we you know we you read the books, you get the six. That's what that's what we had. Yeah. You know, so like movies now, 
like you said, uh, they're using books from the 2000s because a lot of the or 20 kids, that's their era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're not going to pull from the 70s for us because nobody wants to watch a a movie with the avalanche man or the, you know, the villain of the week type of characters. Well, Well, I don't, I don't, wait, I'm sorry. The pendulum, but the pendulum could. Yeah. I wasn't around during the seventies. I still like that. I still watch that stuff. And like, I mean, I think there is, I think it just, well, we'll, we'll see. Ask what Mark, Mark has a question for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all uh, good. He, he says, Mr. Beach, what do publishers react, require, expect for new comic writers? Do they want a guy with an English degree or are they looking for someone with just a great imagination or mm-hmm. is it just, you got to know someone? <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. I and I don't know what what oh, editors now it. want because I haven't worked in comics for a couple of years. Um, yeah. But I would imagine that what they look for first and foremost are people with a lot of ideas and great ideas. Um, and can you can you tell a story? Do you know how to tell a story? You can teach somebody format, but you can't teach what makes a, a great and a cool story. Um, mm. And I think they're looking for those people. I don't. No one's ever asked me to 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 show them my diploma. Um, so I don't think that's a requirement. I think they just want it. They want somebody who is reliable. I think that's a big thing. Uh, someone who's going to turn in a a script every month, uh, and someone who knows how to tell a story, uh, and can match the voice of that character. Uh, if it's not an original, you know I mean? If you're looking for a new Batman writer, you want someone who knows Batman. Um, and I think that's, that's really how it works. Uh, and as far as knowing people, it helps. It definitely helps, but it's not the only way in, uh, you know. And I gotta imagine it's easy to to fill the criteria you, you even outlined as it is. Like anybody can have like one great idea, but sure. then what? Sure. Like a guy off the street, well, I got this great idea. Okay. That's the thing about then comics. What? You've got to feed the beast, man. Exactly. And television too. You, there's another show coming. There's another book coming out. You've got to get those stories out. And it's an art. It's a. It's really an art. Uh, and it's an art of creativity and the art of time management. Mm-hmm. Um, can you get the work done and can it be at high quality? You know, uh, Dave Sim said, get mm-hmm. good, get fast, get good and fast. In that order? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it probably helps. That's the, probably the order you want to do. You want to get good so you, you attract the eyes. Don't underestimate the value of being reliable. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we We've kept you half for an almost hour and 20 minutes. Is there anything you'd like to promote? You were awesome. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Is there any final words you'd like to say? Or Uh, I can spot a trap a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your eyes open. Keep your head on a swivel. (laughs) Right? Right? No, thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure. It's fun to talk to you guys. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate it. Debate topics back and forth. Um, And I hope the audience got a kick out of it, too. So hopefully I'll see you guys again on the comic book page. Uh, Thank you. If not... I'm still doing animation, and uh, when this graphic novel, if it ever gets going, I will let you guys know about it. Yeah, let us know. Awesome. Please do. All right. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thank Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that was awesome. Now we're going to interview Pete. Pete, tell us. All right. What do you guys need to know? (laughs) Oh, that guy was good. Good job, guys. That guy was good. He was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. He was really cool, man. He had a lot of good insight. Crap a mile away. Yeah, <laughs> he was hilarious. He was He's a comedy writer. Kept trying. So oh, I kept swinging for right see if we could, see if we could get something out of him and just. Uh... 
I was waiting. You're what you were saying with the fans. That was the perfect meld for Hartman to come in. That's where AI art comes in. (laughs) Guys, writer can tell the story they want to tell. AI art does it for you. Yeah, yeah. All I know is there's a hell of an argument going on in the chat. The chat the whole time. You do know that Hartman's Kirby, right? Everybody just, holy shit. Like, we had a great guest on great stuff, and the chat's just screaming at each other. Like, uh, look. No, I mean, he's just not. Yeah. I would, guys, save your breath. They're they're not going to get it. All right. Great interview. Thank you. Thanks, Mubio. Hey, uh, we're going to finish the slideshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you want? Thank God. Um, the next who did embarrass themselves, Ed? We embarrassed ourselves well. I think we did a great job. Why didn't you guys the t shirt? Thankfully, I think this is the only show that I can make fun of somebody else's slides because I can't read what the fuck that print. Why is there even print on this page? It's so I could read it. Malcolm in the Middle star Frankie Nunez aims to be at the front of the pack on the racetrack as he announces his intent to become a full time driver in the NASCAR circuit this year. In an Instagram post on January 11th, Nunez confirmed his racing return in the ARCA Minerva series. He talked about his excitement. For... Actually, who fucking cares? Ain't that just a Dodge Neon? Is that just a Dodge Neon in an abandoned church parking lot? What the fuck hey, are we doing here? What's wrong with a Neon? Uh, also, he's not going to have time to drive because they're going to make a Malcolm in the Middle movie. Who is he's this guy? Make a movie. It's Malcolm it's in the Malcolm Middle. In the middle. What was that about? A really Malcolm? smart kid. Who had uh, Walter White as his dad, and two brothers? <laughs> that sounds like a fucking know. terrible show, dude. Yeah. It, 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 also, it, Frankie it, Muniz is a Phoenix resident. No, he had three brothers. The two brothers. He was the middle okay. son. Does it have anything to do with driving yeah, Dodge Neon to church parking lots? Malcolm had, had two brothers. Oh my God. He had three. Malcolm. You had Dewey, right? Yeah, you had the short haired kid. I can't remember his name. The mean one. But then they had the Dewey, old brother, Dewey. who was the brother of the way kid that seventy show. Yeah, he was Dewey doing Lee. He was doing Lee. He was in like in military school or whatever. But there were uh, yeah. still four of them. So you put up a picture of a guy in a church parking lot so that we could all argue what the name of some TV show's brother's so name is. If you're interested in seeing him race, he will be uh, debuting at the Daytona International Speedway this weekend. Driving number thirty. Ford Mustang. Oh, he's driving a Ford Mustang. Was that today or tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know. And my final news Peach. story for today is Pete, he was in the middle. That's why I was Malcolm in the middle. So, yeah, so, four of them. He could be the second middle or first middle, I guess. I don't <laughs> I don't I am lost. I got no clue. I never watched this it's shit. All right. Oh, I'm just saying there were four of them. That's they right. had a fifth kid later. What? Wait, what the fuck? They did. They did have a kid. None of this make TK. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, the last season, man. All of it's unimportant. Let's get to Cena. So, Ryan Johnson is right to praise the acting chops of fucking Dave Bautista, but the former wrestler is still outdone by the surprising range of John Cena. John Cena! And the reason he's saying that is because The Rock sucked, and Cena was so awesome in Peacemaker. He was. That uh, it shows that Batista has a little bit of he needs to work a little bit harder. And that you're 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 kidding me. The dude that just walks around and 
doesn't get humor compared to yeah of course what what are what is this nonsense can we just go back to this you well, can't see me do, 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 do. he still wants to do more acting, acting. <laughs> he was okay in glass onion but you know he was what, asked what? to do a lot we're we're wait time out we're once again comparing two wrestlers acting Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Like those dudes gotta act. You know every the whole week. the whole correlation with see nah, like you can't see me, see nah. Oh, we get it. Did you? Did you? How he came up with that? Okay, work never give up into it. You All said, right. You I, I agree with Astro here. See nah. Eagly is the real winner. Is the winner. <laughs> get, get your camera. Get your camera out. He's hugging me. Oh, dude. Let's see. That's okay. a lot of words well, on a page. Plus, he could play the piano. He was playing Home Sweet Home. Right? That was Cena. <laughs> Joe, Joe says, I'm sorry. What's the story here? There's no story yeah. here. Yeah, I, I think it was just so we could do this. Ready, Sam? All the stories. John Cena. Everybody thinks that ruthless aggression. Batista is this great actor, but Peacemaker shows that Cena has an actual range to his acting. Yeah, he could rap, and then he could do this. (laughs) And on that note, that leads us to. We have our worst and best covers of the week. Dude, John Cena's real name is John Cena, by the way. <laughs> Hell's Harvard talking about it. his name is C-Nah. John Felix C-Nah. Anthony Cena. C-Nah. That ain't that ain't true. It it, it is Wikipedia, dude. The internet where your AI is, go C-Nah. on it, type his name. Cena, no, John Felix Cena, C E N A. No, I don't believe it. So Batman, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I on that, on that point, the... let's get into the picture of Batman taking a shit. <laughs> this is what I picked for. This is the face you make after you got done eating Taco Bell and you are running to the bathroom. And this is Batman the Joker, the Daily Duel number three, the Jason Shaw. Oh, so this is, this is the whole cover. picture. This is not a constipated look. This is a this is a clench and clench and pray. Yes, yeah. this is this is you trying to get your keys in the door. Wait, time out. This is yeah. a cover. This <laughs> like, is a cover. Yeah. This is him undoing his belt. He's <laughs> just trying to get the utility belt down. Was this done by AI? Did they like Batman taking a shit? And this is what you get. Yeah, they could have done Sean Alexander, man. Yeah, he looks like he's gonna blow an O-ring. He can't get that the utility belt down, man. What the fuck have this Jesus. outer underwear. Why did I He's put on these outer underwear? Oh, so this is this is definitely worse. This is worst cover of the week, right? They can't get worse than this. No. He's about to drop uh, a, a grumpy. About to drop a grumpy. Yeah, about to bust a grumpy. Yeah, I got some on my battering. Next, I have the Wolverine. What the fuck? Is that Jai Courtney as the Wolverine? Dude, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this? What? Face? What the Jai fuck? Courtney, he did? What's like a homage of, dude? Right here. That Batman cover? 
<laughs> that might be right. You might be right. No, he looks like he looks like he's telling a joke at the frat house. That's what he looks like. <laughs> right here. Yeah, That's right. That's what Eagleheart sees about the con this year. <laughs> Yeah, Mark, I know. That's the guy's name's John Cena. We I I don't Hartman doesn't know that, but I, yes, we know. No, I was bullshitting. It's okay. What's wrong with what is this though? This is an actual cover. You guys didn't make this shit up. This is great. He looks like he's, he looks like he's laughing, right? Okay. Hey. Sir. <laughs> the fawns on TV. Oh my gosh, that guy's hilarious. Hey. <laughs> this is he not a good the shark. What the fuck's the teeth thing? Like yeah, you remember, remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Carrey when he was doing Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> let me I tell you something. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Like, what are we doing here, bro? This is bad. Yeah, this he, is bad. It just wasn't. I just. It's hilarious. I knew a guy in Moscow who looked just like that. He's always drinking beer. Yeah. At last, we have the JJ, JRJR, Amazing Spider Man 17. Homage cover, as Matt says, please stop this man at this point. <laughs> I, it's, it's not his worst work. Compared to the other two, this is not even, this isn't bad this at is, all. Yeah, this is the best this of the like, three. Yeah, this is the best of the three, but at the same time, it's... Is that supposed to be Peter Parker? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not even just, it's the whole layout of it. It's just kind of like, why is the trade dress over there? And then... Well, I, yeah, I mean, compared to the other two, like you, you got to start off with this one because the other two are just like you got Batman taking a shit and Fire Marshal Wolverine. Like this ain't good, dude. Yeah, this is just <laughs> it's like AI did this. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it just wasn't good. But now that we've talked about worst covers, let's actually talk about some good covers. Wait, do we not vote on this? No, we don't. Yeah, we just talk about it. I think Batman won. I mean. Yep. Yeah. Batman's I mean, Batman. it's definitely between I Batman and Batman's Batman and this Wolverine, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I chat. What is it? Is it this or is it that? Is it Batman or is it Wolverine? Oh! No, go back. Go back to Batman. Go back to Batman. Go back. Oh. Notice oh. how he's doing like a, a Rocky thing oh. with his lower lip there. There's also some, the yeah. eye fucking thing. Like he's hemorrhaging the fucking, the eye is, he's like got a hemorrhoid that's about to pop too. That's Rambo. Dude, that's a Rambo face. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, go back to the movie. Put on a cow. Traced over a Rambo Rambo movie poster, and they put Batman cowl on it. That's John. That's Sylvester Stallone. That's Tyson Rambo. Tyson Hartman made up. Tyson Hartman made up. All right, next up. Go back over. Go back over. Dude, come on. That's the worst. It's got to be Wolverine. It's Wolverine. Something about Wolverine just is like. That's so funny to me. Dude, like, yeah. what the like fuck? I, this is a frat I love guy. Grant off, too. That's just days, not. Right? He's like, hey, yeah. hey, you guys want to, you want me to get you a cold one? I'll get you a cold one. I, I completely yeah. agree with Tyson. There is blood coming out of Batman's ass. He, oh, my God. He's, he's smiling like Nicholson. He needs the preparation wipes. <laughs> hey. All right, next. All right, let's go. Let's go, Beth Weeks. Let's go, Beth. I think it's Wolverine. I think Wolverine's it's fucked. Well, I guess yeah. you're right. Man, Wolverine's fucked. Hidden in the shadow. Yeah. So for sure. best covers, I picked this uh, Bajoran Barnett's cover of Ghost Rider. I see. versus Diesel. What about because Exhaust? Ghost Rider You're cover a big fan of Exhaust. This reminds oh, me of a lot of like the 2000 AD art you'd see, like around the Dread Times and stuff like that. You get good shit. I actually like this, unfortunately. 
because it reminds me of that type of shit. Looks like the guy from Fury Road. Yeah, like that would be it. Like they do these like little. I had a brother. Stories, yeah. They're like similar art, just a different art form. Next, we have the the Mary Jane and Black Cat number two, the Hughes demonized cover. What I liked about this cover is I actually like the depth of field that Hughes did. Oh yeah, the fuzzy. I always think it's weird when Hughes does the depth of field thing, though. It's like, no, you don't like it. I was like, why are you making that shit blurry? Because he did it on the Superman covers occasionally. I'm like, it's messing me up. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's. I like the first one better. The art makes my eyes squint. Yeah, this is this makes me remember. This reminds me of what was the Blair Witch Trial. Like, it it sounds like a good idea, but then when you see it, you're like, this isn't a fucking good idea. It was never a good idea. Mm. Astro says, "He's saying, smell my finger." (laughs) Oh yeah, dude, that's pretty good. Okay, next we have the Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duel number three, the Jason Shot Alexander Joker card stock cover. That's actually pretty good for you know. Yeah, I think sometimes they. Yeah, I think sometimes the fucking Joker covers everybody tries to be too fucking cute with them. So, so is the Batman cover and this Joker cover meant to be kind of a oh, pair? Oh, go back to the shitting Batman cover. Was is Joker watching Batman shit and laughing at him? Or is Batman like strangling Joker or something? Like the end of the killing maybe, joke? Maybe no, like a, almost like a connected cover. <laughs> <laughs> They're shitting back to back on love seat toilets. I sent you a picture of what Batman looks like while taking his shit. I unfortunately, BK, what are you doing today? You can't agree with everything I say. All right. I do agree with BK, unfortunately, though. Joker has a thousand. I'm going to go Joker. Top right. (laughs) He does have a lot of teeth. I think nostalgia, I like the other one better, I guess. He doesn't have too many, though. They're just all there. That's all. I mean, this on is the, the bottom, best Joker cover bottom, I've seen. He has a million right teeth. Here. Look at his bottom row of teeth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What is it? Fourteen? Twelve. Oh my god! 14, I almost 14, said maybe sixteen. Okay, then that's too many. He's got is a few like twenty-eight or something. I don't. I'm not a dentist. I don't know. This is what we're doing now. This, like this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. Now. Okay. Oh, you yelled at Hartman about AI in front of our guests. So you know what? Yeah, this is what we're doing. Yeah, you guys have like a five-minute about it instead of going talking to the artist about it. Why are you? I can't fucking draw. I don't like. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter if you can't draw. Oh Jesus! Thanks, Sam. That's irrelevant. So, right, so what's this? That pick was the Mary Jane and Black Cat number two. Yeah. Cover. I I was on the Spider fence cat. about this one. Yeah. And a lot of it is Mary Jane's, right here. Yeah, I like really? you, you like that. I like the black cat. I think the black no, cat is more worried about having Mary Jane's butt comprehensive. Oh, yeah, Mary Jane. I'm not, yeah. Where did her other butt cheek go? Yeah, that's who. She, she got one. The, the other one disappears oh, behind her God. head somewhere. If this was just black cat, it's very tastefully done. It looks nice. Uh, you, you wouldn't have a bunch of you guys spanking off to it all the time. It looks good. Uh, wow. Mary Jane, on the other hand, looks like an elf with one. What about spider kitties? What about the spiders? I do like this with the cats. Yeah, what is cats what? are cool. Oh, the oh that's a cat. Mass. Oh, I didn't even notice the cats got mass. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who did this one? Spider cat. Spider but, cat. So is Mary Jane half El- Elvin in this book, or a little bit? Looks yeah. Like... She almost it's looks like Rivendell. She's... Yeah. <laughs> is that a Lord of the Ring reference? Huh. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle, for that. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Kyle got it. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle understood this salmon uh, Simon. I don't think about it. Wait, are we going to judge? Which one do you guys think is the best? This is what I want to know. I want to know what the oh, chat is here. Of the best? No. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Joker still. I'm Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider's Joker. fucking dope. Yeah, I'm I'm torn between Ghost Rider and the Joker. My only problem yeah. with the Ghost Rider is they have a fucking Sears fucking home picture background. Like, what's with the planned like blue background? Go to the Ghost Rider. Look at the background. What is it? It looks like you got your school photo or, or <laughs> your pictures, your yearly pictures for your mom. Like, it's what is that? Background. It's it's just smoky, smoggy from the exhaust. That's yeah, all dude. it is. Yeah. It's a dark room. Ghost Rider is something is giving off the only light in the room. And... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just it, again, they're taking their Sears, Sears picture. I had to get my pictures every year. Bob Ross, take your fucking happy tree, fucking backgrounds, and fuck off. This is the winner this week. All right, nope. there we go. It's Joker. Okay. <laughs> it's Joker. Let me. Let me. Hey, that's cool. I like that. All right. Junji Ito Maniac is a collection of animated adaptations of Junji, the works of Junji Ito. Debuting worldwide on Netflix January 19th. That's this week. So if you guys like creepy horror, we've looked at some of his works on the WTF manga. Um, and the latest one we looked at was the Grease Kid. Remember that kid who was squeezing all his greasy zits into his sister's face? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that story is not going to be adapted in the series, but a lot of these <laughs> other ones are, including Hanging Balloons, which is a very creepy campfire story about balloons that look like human faces going around and killing people. So it's the um, sequel to the red balloon. Yeah. And then ice cream bus, which is another one about a bus that takes people and promises to serve them ice cream, but then more nefarious things are afoot. Uh, look forward to Junji Ito maniac. If you're a fan of creepy horror uh, fair. Okay, so can we do it again? Mainly English, because all I heard was pedophiles and ice cream buses, and what? I can't help. I can't help your dyslexia, Marco. I I don't. What What is this nonsense? It's not nonsense. It like, it's great stuff. You gotta You gotta check it out. Netflix, January nineteenth. When you see this thumbnail, yeah, you'll know okay. to check it out. I'll pass. When you say When you say horror, like how how. Kind of horror? Are we talking like tales of the dark side type horror, where it's kind of you know doesn't really show you anything, but you kind of get the the sense of it? Um. Well, the 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 one story that I'm that I've mentioned here, hanging balloons, is about giant head shaped balloons that go around and try to kill the people who they look like. And if you pop the balloon, your head pops in real life. And <laughs> and it's really creepy and it's really weird, uh, and all of his stories are really like that. And it does show you kind of the gruesome, grotesque parts because that's where the horror comes from—is the tension Wait. from the body horror. So you can't pop the balloon, or your own head will pop. 
But yep. if the head is trying to, the balloon is trying to kill you. Yep. It has a robbing rope, itself. A rope, it has a rope with a noose at the bottom, and if it catches you, it hangs you in the air. Oh, okay. ninety-nine red balloons. Yeah. <laughs> nine and nine zig They're they're super weird premises, <laughs> uh, but they're really creepy and really fun. So, I, like a this is something I'm looking forward to. Y'all need more hugs. All right, what's next? Next up, we have a new hey. development in One Punch Man this week. Uh, One Punch Man. I, I know all you guys are fans. You guys remember when season one hit many years ago. We're we're looking forward to season three coming out sometime this year, uh, probably towards the end of the year. But in the comic, the comic is still going. It comes out about once every 10 days or so. Hmm. Uh, and this week, a long-awaited battle uh, began in the in the comic. Saitama, when I when I put it in the, the slide. Uh, it said Tatsuya. It autocorrected to Tatsuya, but it's Tatsumaki, not Tatsuya. Uh, Tatsuya. <laughs> Tatsumaki means terrible tornado. That uh, so Saitama versus Tats, uh, Tatsumaki are kicking off. Uh, so look for that fight in the next couple weeks. Sweet. Cool. So I thought he has one punch. Dude, one punch man. Hey, don't you joke on one punch man, Pete? I'm just playing. Uh, this week's WTF manga is Assassination Classroom. Uh, this is actually one that a lot of people really enjoy. I, I read the whole thing. It's really fun. But the premise is super bizarre, like a lot of manga are. Uh, this one classroom at this one school gets a new teacher, and he is basically a happy face emoji with a <laughs> lot of yellow tentacles. He looks like an alien. And... He teaches, or he teaches the class their normal subjects, but in order to pass the class, everyone in every student in the classroom has to try and kill him before That's the end of the right. before the end of the year. Nice. <laughs> I could dream for a lot of kids. Uh, it's it's really weird, but it's also it's also really good. So um, <laughs> the way the way that it progresses throughout the series. Uh, it will take you by surprise. So uh, if you're looking for a weird one that actually has a lot of heart, I would recommend Assassination not, Classroom. Not to ruin the story, but does the teacher, like how far does the teacher defend himself against the assassinating students? The teacher is almost invulnerable. So No, no, no what I mean is like his retribution to the an attacking student. Like are oh, they there the following Monday? Only one episode. He his goal is to ISS. make sure that they, his his goal is to make sure they all pass their classes. He's not okay. trying to kill anybody. He's trying to make sure they pass their classes. I got you. Okay, that that's more where I was getting at. Like if one came at him, like then what? Like he he grades them on Billy? their technique and then he lets them try again. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, they got more than oh, okay. I thought all you magna lovers just like to get the probing of the tentacles when it comes no. to everything. You That's focus cool. in on. Oh my gosh! You called it Magna. Whatever. <laughs> magma. I don't know if you're doing that on purpose or not. It, look, Jap Japanese magma. <laughs> look, it, uh, I I don't get the infatuation with the magnas. I don't get infatuation with all the tentacle stuff you guys like inserting everywhere. I don't That's get historical it. Historical shit. Sounds good. Okay. One punch man's awesome because he punches people. That's it for the big anime news. 
Um, (laughs) It's been a little slow because we're kind of between seasons right now, but uh, things you can look out for on anime side, you've got Trigun Stampede. That's, that's just started airing. Uh, The Tokyo Revengers season two is out and those are kind of the big ones right now. Hmm. That's cool. Awesome. Next, we're going to move to first appearances this week. Wow. There's the first appearances of Amazing Spider-Man? Marco, (laughs) if you could read this one. Awesome. We'll cover this (laughs) on the Star Wars show like we normally do. We've been telling you this book was coming out in a week, and we told you that these people will be coming out in weeks. So There you go. Tune in tomorrow, and Marco. It's cool. The two people on the cover, first appearance. There you go. There's it's more than just last that. Week we said unnamed characters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the Herald is somebody who has been mentioned previously in a lot of the uh, not like the actual novels. So for those people that have a hard time reading words, this is probably going to be your first introduction to them. Um, and Galactus as Herald is as well. Yeah. Um, the bro no. comes from a, one of the major like uh, enemy factions or families. That seems like is being built around the High Republic. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so we have some theories. I think we're going to have some theories on because that's not the only row that shows up. I think we're going to have some, uh, or I mean, there's a lot of rows that show up in the High Republic in this phase. I think there's, uh, I think we're going to have some theories going on on Sunday of why this row might to be an important row. Is this the row, or is this the row? No, the guy in the front is the Herald. Is this the row we're looking for? The guy in the back is the um, the blue. The blue is bro. But for those uh, fans of the nameless, he uh, the uh, the nameless actually appear in here too, which is pretty fun. And if you listen to the, <laughs> we're going to cover the audiobook on Sunday, uh, and we will cover. You know, I'm trying to give not give it away because I think it's going to be an interesting show tomorrow. Uh, for those of you that didn't, it's the first time they've had a high republic. No, I no, they hit Tempest biting. Runner. I don't think Marco's biting at the BK comment. No, yeah, I don't care. Not, about BK. He's not. He's, he's <laughs> so, Kyle, I mean, BK might be a huge part of your chat, but for BK, for us, he's like one in thousands of chats. So he he probably tries to hit like one out of every five hundred of his uh, little tidbits are good. You just you don't feed them when they're bad. You only feed them when he gets good ones. So uh, I thought that go. was pretty good. So now we've got the Amazing Spider-Man number 17. It's the first team appearance in Insidious 6, a demonic version of the Sinister Sticks, and the first appearance hmm. and origin of Wreck Rap, a demonic Spider-Man variant. That sounds like we're never <laughs> going to see them again. Yeah. So Rick another Rap Marvel book. Backwards, by the way. What's that? Rec rap is Parker spelled backwards. By oh, way. I thought oh. it was Pecker for a second. Wow, they are. I'm really glad I don't read Spider Man. <laughs> like wow. Parker. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't. I got Red Rob. Red Rob. Well, Marvel and Spider Man means there's more first appearances. These are these seems like great ones. So we should be all buying 20 copies of this. Yes. Yes. Did anybody read that? No. There is. Oh, yeah. Yes! Ooh. No, wait a minute. Take it back. Like Battle Toads. He looks like Spider-Man Battle Toads. I'm he buying it. Beefy. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Like a venom. Like no, he looks like Battle Toad. Doesn't he look like a Battle Toad? You're just thinking the grin looks like Battle Toad. Yeah. Oh, with all the jacked up shit too. You know, the Battle I need the belt. Well, 
Battletoads are a little more, I don't know, leaner, angular, like they have the long legs. Yeah. Are there demonic versions of all the other Sinister Six, too? Why is Kang show up in this from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I think too. that's Modok. No? No. Crank? Look, no, dude, yeah, that's the fucking crank. eye from uh, Big Trouble Little China. Oh, no, there's Krang's there, and then if you if you look if you look at the, what are what, he's low pan nose. What was the Thanks. guys after Bebop and Rocksteady? What were the next two guys that came out? Thank you, guys. Uh, these are these are all supposed to be yeah. Demonic. Razor's down Toka there. Good job, Harvin Razor. Yeah. So so the guy with the eyeball that's Doctor Octoball. What? Then then like you got Doc, the grave Dr. the grave goblin demon. Yeah. Okay. Holy shit! Nobody's actually reading this. Are the street shark? Cernatops. Not, not the only one that reads Spider-Man. Who the fuck would read this? Well, I still get them. Scorpion. I'm sure you're going to be talking about this tomorrow. Oh well, miss, there's a couple other first appearances in here too, which he obviously missed, but that's okay. The first appearance of Moff Gideon's double chin. <laughs> that's, no, not Moff Gideon. that's not Moff Gideon. That's, that's not Moff Gideon, but good try, Sam. Good stuff. That's Brian's song. But yeah, I mean, like this is just Apollo Creed. This is just a mess of stuff. That's Apollo Creed. It is. It is. That's who it is. That's actually who that is. It's a fucking Apollo Creed. Yeah, that or it's Chubbs. Yeah, or Chubbs. Whoever you are referred to as. That's who yourself is too. This is the biggest waste of money ever because this is like they're gonna stretch this out to twelve, and it's literally just garbage. It's no, they're not. It's one per episode. No, I don't know, man. It's one per episode. Is it? Should be almost done. No, because they combined the two with the prison one because they didn't they combined the breakout. Or no, they have the breakout coming up. Um mm. yeah, nobody should be buying Mandalorian. Let's mm. just let so, you know that. What is this? High Republic Hot. 2? What hotter? What, what name is D R R N? It's the, it's the, it's not actually their first appearance. Jesus Christ. It names them for the first time. Holy fuck. The the dank cranks. They showed up in the last, like they were the main antagonists in one, but okay, whatever. Whatever you say, macro. Just members of Dank Ranks. Yeah, they show. Yeah, they actually. Macro. This whole thing is based around the Dank Ranks and those members, uh -huh. those specific members, getting in a fight with uh, Sav's crew, which is really Max um, or um, the orange one. What's her name? Katana, the uh, the one that owns the, the the pirate planet. Maz. Maz. Maz is pirate. Maz Kosha. Mad Monk Uru. Hey, Maz. No, Maz, the little like the little orange character with the beady eyes. Lupita that one. Nuongo. Yeah, her and her parents get in a <laughs> yes. fight in the first book with these exact same dank ranks. Like that's the whole basis of this fucking thing. BK's Dang. got a bit of stew going. Uh, first appearance of Lopez. What? what are these numbers you throw? You know the numbers actually mean something. I don't know what your numbers mean. <laughs> that's the combination uh, to his high school locker. <laughs> Dude, he gave away his like birthday and his social security number the last two weeks, so it probably it's probably his pin code for like all his accounts. Uh, you go to this locker, this high school. You can open up the locker. All right, let's get into movie wars. He put the fucking person in the wrong book. Oh my god! All right, it's all right. It's all right. So <laughs> last week I had Office Space versus Half Baked. Oh, you didn't I tell me to put these up. To, uh, Pete, so he never put him up. So I just voted because yeah, you didn't give it to me. Otherwise, I'd put him oh, up. Oh God, this is a hard one, man. So I voted Office Space wins. So this I'm week, would it go Office Space? Personally. I'm Office Space. I'm doing Office Space versus Idiocracy. 
I mean, if you're wow. just going by the cover, I'm still off the face. Idiocracy is so good, though. Idiocracy is fun, but I st- I'm still I still quote Office Space. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do all the time too. Yeah, like I got an Inatech yeah. mug at work. I don't have they, any they idiocracy, idiocracy memorabilia around. Well, yeah. I think they left him in like eleven. Of them. Yeah. So, you know, John Cena's name was because he's Cena. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. No, idiocracy <laughs> really was pulled at the last minute. They didn't realize that they were shitting on all the people that were sponsors. Then they found out and they cut it. So it didn't get nearly like the views it should have. What? You're saying they're the. What are you talking about? The the directors sponsored by like Taco Bell, Mountain Dew. No, hey, not a shake. Yes, yeah, okay, yep, okay. So Office Space is going to win this one. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, Office is good. I don't know. Terry Crews is president. What was he? Was president? uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Rodriguez or something. Yeah, right. It was no, like it was like Rodriguez. Fertilizing the farms with uh, Gatorade. You mean that stuff that's in the back of the toilet? Can't get the crops growing. But I like money. I, 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 <laughs> nai, 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 I don't know why it's so hard. <laughs> Bob's. I don't know. Office, I, don't, I don't have a hard time with all, all this. Milton. Dude, then you had uh, Dietrich of- Bader next door. Hey, Peter, man, put on Channel 9. It's the best exam. Yeah. The jump, you jump to conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> the pet rock like made office, a million dollars. <laughs> it's still that when they come in, it says, you know, he has a problem with his TPS reports. Bob, yeah. I got this. <laughs> and you can see the other Bob's getting all pissed. Oh, dude. I don't know. For some reason, that's like my favorite part. Let me tell you about TPS reports. Let me tell you about TPS reports. I can't tell you how many times I'll tell, I'll say to my kids when they get their homework done, "Did you get your TPS reports done?" They're like, what? I got, I got four bosses, Bob. What? Yeah. That's really the only incentive not to get hassled. Because if I do something wrong, I got four people coming by my desk telling me what I did wrong. I do about 12 <laughs> minutes of work a day. Actual work. Sure. Uh, it, 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 zone out? Yeah, I did stare <laughs> at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. <laughs> Is that what Macro's doing right now? I think so. He's zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I already vote for Office Space. I know you guys are just you know it's funnier watching the actual movie than hearing you guys fucking repeat the lines. No, just, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> so let's do Cartoon Wars. To be sad. <laughs> Last week it was Johnny Quest versus the Venture Brothers. Like both. Venture we had to win, right? <laughs> I don't know what to. So now it's uh, Venture Brothers oh. versus Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's going downhill. I like Rick and Morty still. I don't think it's going downhill. I think it's still think where it needs to be. I'm I'm with Rick and Morty because Venture Brothers did unfortunately trail off at the end. Hmm. I so think I've watched really, maybe three episodes of Rick and Morty. Didn't the guy who make Rick and Morty wow. his wife and now is kind of in trouble? That's ridiculous. What? Which one? Three episodes. I don't know. I don't watch oh, you're talking about Royland? Yeah. Yeah, Royland or Harmon. Harmon got in trouble for hitting on women at work. Royland got in trouble for domestic violence. What are you talking okay. about hitting on women at work? Not you, Harmon. Oh. 
Uh, Those are the picks. I'm going to try to remember to get with Pete so you can actually put them up this week. Because we yes, have it up to Christmas. Send it right after the show. <laughs> so that is this week's show. Oh, Triple D Dodgeball. Oh, we actually um, actually do have some highlights, but uh, let me... Oh, good. While we get the highlights, can we also hear more? Uh, can you guys say your favorite lines to uh, Office Space 2? Can we do that? Be careful what you wish for. You'd be sarcastic. <laughs> you want, we can. You, can. Know, you don't need a million dollars to, to oh, have that. What kind of chicks will double money. up on a guy like me, do? They say you miss a lot of work. Can't say that I'm missing, it. missing it, Bob. <laughs> All right, Kyle, I sent it to you in our yeah. uh, messenger. God damn it. Mar Marco sure definitely needs more flair. God damn it. You're giving me work to do. I got flair right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is me expressing myself. <laughs> Who's What is going on? <laughs> I'm still doing office space lines while we wait for the clip. No, no. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at the chat. I didn't put it in your chat. I put it in Kyle's chat. <laughs> you said it too? No, I'm not looking at your chat. So the Kyle and Sam only messenger. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? You know what we could talk about while we're getting that up is uh, thresholds of reality. Um, I I sent a super chat on this other channel called Y Files, and uh, like we got a ton of subscribers off of it. Oh, cloud chasing, cool. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah. Have you been probed yet by an alien? Have I been probed yet? No, yes. I have not. Has a ghost slept in your bed before? No. Have you watched our show? No. You, uh, I did. I no. I don't watch. You know, I don't watch the internet. So I. That only not. happens, Kyle. Yeah. Why would I? I thought that's what it was about. Wasn't it? Don't you guys talk about like uh, supernatural stuff and aliens sleeping in your bedrooms and stuff like that? Oh, macro. I think you're. You got to watch is the it? show, man. I'm, hey, Sam, I'm giving you an opportunity to promo to the show to the audience. Way to drop the ball, buddy. You okay, got to watch the show. Oh, fuck if me. you watch the show, they'll watch the oh, show. Oh, my God. No, they won't. I mean, I will. All right, here we go. Might. Yeah, All right. Oh, still at the high school. This is Boom. nice. He comes at him. He's got three, three is balls. Back him, two overhand. This is what we're doing. Walks right into the backhand. My man Tyler. Nice. Great play. Can we expand this and make this like a real playoff? What are we doing here? Do you, do you hit him in the face and the nuts? What's going on? Shoulder. Uh it, it was a backhand play. So he threw two press. overhand and then turns around like he's gonna go after a ball and he hits him with the backhand. Yeah, I think this will catch it. I think at zo this zoom in, I think this will catch it. Yeah, there we go. Zoom in. This is what I want to see. All right. Let's see the fast action. Call it. Play for play, Sam. So who's this guy? Is this he wearing is Tyler. sleeves? Tyler's on Tyler. the right in the orange shirt. All right, let's run. Let's back. Tyler's. Hey, remind it. Stop. Here we go. Yeah, sport, sports center it up for us, Sam. Ty, hey, Tyler. Tyler. Typically, he he had, he's been having a tough season. He's oh, had zero scouts in the last eight games, but he's cut off his sleeves. He's wearing the orange sleeveless shirt. He has come to play. His famous move is the backhand. Can he do it? Let's see if he can do the backhand throw. Brand new. Three, just two. 
brand new moves being debuted. And watch him. He's got it. No sleeves. Two balls. Wicked Soccer's throw. Again. Bah! What? Nope. Misses. Comes back. Put some grease from his beard onto the second hand. What's he going to do here? And, oh, backhands the guy right into the Nudulers. Game over and ducks the blue balls. He ducks the blue balls, folks, in the end. What an awesome play to end the championship. Walk off. Back end. Oh, beard glued ball. Hey, you know what? You should do commentary for us. There he goes. Blue balls bouncing everywhere. Good right. job, boys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. I'd like to thank our guest. Like and boom goes the dynamite. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. You're welcome for me being a guest. I appreciate it. Thank you for the nod. <laughs> and on that note.